And now, Kyle and Steven present another episode of the Go F*** Yourself podcast. Um, it's Fix. Really? Well, that's embarrassing. The Go Fix Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Fix Yourself podcast, where we like to say that we're fixing the way we view the world one conversation at a time. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, well for done. the people just joining, uh, we did redo that intro. No, it was <laughs> yeah. perfect. But that's the funny thing. We have this like new catchphrase, right? Fixing the world one conversation. Oh, fixing see? the world one conversation at a time. It, we're getting confused. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, but yeah, we... Yeah. We're, we're, we're still struggling with it. We got a new catchphrase. We're sticking to it. Sitting next to me, as always, is Steve Knievel. Oh, thank you. Steven That Cornfield. was my Xbox gamer name. I know. How could you pass yeah. that up? And sitting across from us is none other oh. top 40 hunkiest firefighters in the Ooh, U.S. Wow. What? Don't fact check me on that. Oh, I was going to say. Twice voted. <laughs> That's some wicked I, dude, I just believe. Right I know. I'm like, what is he talking I'm about? choosing to <laughs> believe. Andre Horton. Welcome to the podcast, well, my friend. Gentlemen. Nice to be here. Yeah. We decided to have you on. I go through my Facebook messages. I'm like, you know, this is the perfect guy to have on the podcast. He's mm-hmm. done so many things in his life. I go back to Facebook messages 2010, I think, is roughly around the first Facebook message I sent you about. Wow. 13 years? Yeah. And then huh. before 2010, that... 2010? What were you guys talking about back then? You yeah. weren't that cool. I was zero cool. Neither one I of us said, were cool. <laughs> Nobody was cool back then. I am looking for to pay somebody to take pictures of my band. A lot of, oh. de- lot of denim. A lot of denim, I think. Yeah. Or was that... That was late 90s, sorry. Yeah, I had the swoopy hair, all that stuff. So... I had dreadlocks, well, I think, but... Okay. Dreadlocks? You? At the I time? Did. No, I don't know if I was 2010. <laughs> <laughs> what we like to say is, with the podcast, his parents listen to every single yeah. episode. They are our biggest fan. Rick yep. and Carol in and upstate Carol. New York, they listen to the podcast, but they don't know the people that we know up here. Hmm. And so basically how it started was like, my mom was like, oh, that was a great guest you had on. I didn't know anything about them. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't know anybody on this <laughs> podcast. No, you don't to. know anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said on this podcast, okay? She's listening right now and being like, Love you, boy. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, tell her and my dad who you are and what you do right now. And then uh, we'll get into What the were their names again? We Rick, Rick and Carol. Rick and, Rick and Carol. Perfect. Oh, dude, that was your, like, voiceover voice. I know. Rick and Carol. <laughs> Rick and Carol. Uh, Rick and Carol, greetings tonight. They're, they're not going to hear us back. Um, okay. What do I do right now? People ask me what I do. And mm-hmm. it's uh, I've never been one of those people where what I do defines me very well. Mm. Um, so what I do sometimes be, is an accident. Uh, so I fell into uh, being a firefighter, hmm, and it okay. wasn't because I was a kid, you know, when you're little, like, I want to be a firefighter when I get older. Nope. It was something that kind of I fell into at 39, the age of 39. Like, okay. I had gray hairs Your prime years. Uh, that's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I had gray shoulder hair, I found, like, the week <laughs> of the time. Ta- I'm, like, I'm, like, putting a tank top on for the first time in a decade. And I'm like, oh my goodness, is that gray shoulder hair? Like, and if you get gray shoulder hair, that means yeah, that's you're gonna be a silver fox. Yeah, you got quick, salt and pepper quick. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was at a, a prior job, and I was telling you guys prior to the show starting that I was just it was it was a weird week, and so I had one of my peers. He's like, hey, you should try out for the fire department, man. And I was like, that is for twenty year olds with no neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the CrossFit dudes that just like put 
Yeah. Like, yeah. I can pick yeah. up people. Yeah, they have all creatine the time. all the time and whey shakes yeah. and stuff. Anyway, nevertheless, I applied for the Anchorage Fire Department and uh, went through their entire process. And what I was telling you is when you go through any kind of interview process and you don't have to do it, but you're right. just kind of doing it for the fun of it, there's no stress. You're not even pressured to like answer correctly. <laughs> you yeah. can editorialize. Yeah. Uh, so I went through their entire process and got hired at 39. And I was like, wait till they find out that I'm 39. You were just like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, we need exactly. to bring in the AFD. We need to talk <laughs> right. to them. Yeah. Yeah, bring them in. And then I didn't tell my wife until oh, I got wow. the, Yeah. She's like, why are you, why are there so many sweaty clothes in here? <laughs> and I was like, I, <laughs> I did this physical test where I thought I was going to die. Uh, but I rested on my laurels from my previous life as, life as a professional athlete and uh, made it through the test. I was enjoying myself every single step because there's sure. like 20 things you have to do okay. to get hired. And there's usually thousands of people trying to get hired. In this case, there's only several hundred. Yeah. But, uh, so it's like a class and then yeah, certain class. few get right. picked, right? Yeah. So you're okay. climbing walls, like you with carry, rope, you know? carry chainsaws around and like oh. do this crazy stuff. I was having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that like, does sound <laughs> kind of like, fun, right, actually. But we should try out. <laughs> I don't know if we should. <laughs> you should I, I don't everybody. think we should. You know, obviously, I'm an outspoken. They're going to like give me a chainsaw and be like, actually, you know what? On second thought, <laughs> like, I think you should just go. I think he started the fire. Yeah. He started it. He started just to have a show up. I'm so sure you should be here. I've got some stories about it. Anyway. Um, people's doing things to just for us to show up is interesting, but uh, nevertheless, I I am a firefighter now. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious now. I know, right? Sorry, and sorry. then I went. I got assigned to this station where it's the water rescue oh. station. So like, Horton, you got to learn how to dive. I'm like, oh. is that underwater? <laughs> and they're yeah. like, yeah, you got to dive. I'm like, look at me. How many black people do you know in the state of Alaska dive? And they're like, we don't know any of them. I'm you like, barely know any divers, yeah. period. You're the first. <laughs> yeah, you're the first. And then I was like, I usually go swimming like at the lake. I swim yeah. to the, where the dock is, where the beer is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's as <laughs> yeah. far as I get. Me too. Right. Me like, too. No, no, you got you to be on to the, the dive team, bro. The jet ski. So anyway, the last couple of years have been interesting. I've been there four years now. And then I was on the dive team. So I had to learn how to dive. I didn't why did, why did, so you're like, a, if they, if someone's drowning. Underwater fire. Yeah, underwater <laughs> fire. So I was like, yeah. I'm like, why would you need to learn how to dive? What is that like? Well, there's like all these special teams for all the different stations around Alaska. Submarine. Yeah. There's like, there's some people that, uh, the station I'm at now, we sew. We're like the seamstresses. Oh. <laughs> and like, I didn't even know that. You go over there, That's there's one a of huge your table sets. of sewing machines. And they're like, okay, you're going to sew now, Horton. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What? Are you kidding? Yeah, mind That's blown. so cool. Like, so I was over there making tool pouches and just screwing around. Well, that's kind of uh, cool. That's a useful skill. I was saying yeah. that's super useful. Yeah, that's what I said. But these sewing machines, like, you could sew your hand closed. <laughs> like, <they're, laughs> yeah. And they let you go in there willy-nilly. This is worse than the field. Yeah, like, just put the pressure on the pedal and sew. I'm like, okay. Uh, but I digress. Before that, they were just, you got to learn how to dive and do water rescue. So we run boats and jet skis and the Turnigan arm. And then if there's, uh, there used to do ice rescue, which was, I thought, terrifying. For like, sure. Jump in the little hole. <laughs> you can't, it's dark down there. You were cold plunging before it was cool. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And then they didn't tell you this either. It's like everywhere in Alaska, our niece Anchorage, where we do these rescues, it is dark. Right. Like, oh, I bet. So you jump yeah. down there, it's murky. Like, there's lakes in Anchorage I've jumped into. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Goose Lake. Oh, yeah, is, Goose Lake. Uh, there's shopping carts and tires and all kinds of stuff in there. I'm sure. Uh, but nevertheless, that's what we do. Wow. So you, so that's, I guess, the interesting thing about you is why I was kind of drawn to having you on is because I think of when we 
first officially met was UA. Mm-hmm. And we he met. Was. Oh, wow. You guys do go back. Yeah. 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 We oh, met wow. through and we met, have this joke uh, from a podcast with Mac that all roads lead to me. Yeah. But I yeah. truly yeah. believe yeah. all roads lead. Was, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. All okay. roads lead <laughs> to Jason Klein. To some oh, extent, yeah, yeah. they do. Okay. <laughs> That's true. It's, uh, there's, That's it's true. He's like the in... Kevin Bacon of... <laughs> yeah, six <laughs> degrees. Six degrees. Six degrees. Six degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of walk us through, like, what were you doing at college? Obviously, it was not a, a foresight of going into firefighting or anything right. like that. You had different visions at this time, and your life is kind of weaved through a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I know skiing's involved right. and all that stuff. So take us back to kind of around that time period. My formative years is yeah, yes, like, please, a collegiate. Um, I, I think that's, you make a good point. Like I, I swear, like I make this analogy with people about my rearview mirror and my windshield. And uh, in this season of my life, sometimes the rearview mirror is just daunting because of the things I've already accomplished and done. So you look at your windshield, you're like, mm. really? Yeah, like, this is what's ahead what? of me. You know, like. Mm. And you're in your 40s. Before you know it, you're going to be ancient. Um, But where I'm going with that is just like looking back, everything has correlated and worked out mysteriously awesome. Yeah. But I can't look at my windshield and be like, oh, this is what's going to happen. I don't know. Mm. Um, But with that, uh, UAA. I was one, uh, what do they call us? Non-traditional students. There's lots of them at UAA, I guess. Right. Um, and prior to going to UAA, I had retired from the national ski team. Mm-hmm. And let me see here. Cause I went to Stellar. You guys know that that's the, oh, yeah. the crazy school that people, <laughs> they get Stellar and a bunch of different schools. Anyway, I went to Stellar and then I left Stellar to do what they call a postgraduate year, which also people think is just ski bumming. Right. Cause like, I'm going to go, but yeah. is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go live in Wyoming, which was crazy. Cause like you're black. I'm like, I know. <laughs> But I'm going to go live in Wilson, Wyoming <laughs> on this farm road and live in a log cabin in Wilson, Wyoming. No joke. And I went there strategically, though. Everyone thinks it's a joke because I, I did have a white Bronco, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. In, in just Wyoming. Into the vibe. Would you just fly it. down the yeah. highway? Yeah. Just 30 I, miles I, yeah, I drove uh, I into it. Boise up over the Teton Pass in a white Bronco <laughs> into Wilson, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good analogy for this later. But I walk into the post office. I'm like, hey, y'all. And like uh, you could hear, it was a you could hear a pin drop. I'm sure because I was checking my post office box for right, Wilson, yeah. Wyoming. Anyway, where I'm going with that is I spent two years in Wilson, Wyoming because there was really good skiers there, and I wanted to be a better skier. And iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Uh, so there was twelve of us post grad ski bums, and we'd get up at six in the morning and lift. Have a lot of whey and chicken breasts and all that, right? And creatine, creatine, creatine obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of creatine. Yeah, drink a gallon to. of water, yeah, right? You know, we'd carry those big jugs around, like it's just you know, being kicked out of Planet Fitness and yeah. a heart <laughs> way too grunt, like just dropping weights, <laughs> yeah, just hang cleans and lifts and snatches. Anyway, after two years there, I made the national ski team. Like half of us made a D one roster and half of us made the national team. Which which, which one's technically better? Well, it depends on your route, right? Like D one college awesome. and the one's, one's college and one's the national sports team. right. So yeah. I was like, uh, I was always wanting to make the national sports team because I was like this chubby little black kid from Alaska. I'm like, I want to make the ski team. <laughs> and because uh, my parents are both school teachers. Okay. So yeah. like demographically, that's impossible. Sure. Uh, because school teachers don't make enough to support such an expensive sport. Yeah. And people say, don't realize expensive. how expensive skiing Ridiculous. is because yeah. I've talked to several people that are on ski teams of sorts. Mm-hmm. And how much roughly would you say, because you have to have several sets of skis, how much are you talking price range for skis 
I mean, it's like thousands. Oh, I mean, yeah, make a, a good pair of race skis is a thousand bucks. Right. And so you have to have several sets, right? Typically. Yeah. I was like one of those hobos. Right. Like I had like you one had pair one. for like multiple events. Yeah. Your rider dies. Yeah, rider dies. Like these are way too long <laughs> better for this not race. Break. Yeah. Better not break. <laughs> I'm going to make it. Or I'll I'm going to make it, damn it. And uh, I, people laugh at me because I show up with like three pairs of skis. They're like, these are all you got. And, but I tuned them myself. Right. Really? My, they would yeah. laugh at you. Oh, come on. I was like the whole, like already, I would laugh at myself if I saw me back then. Sure. Like, first off, I was 225, oh. 6% body fat. Let's go. Right. right. Let's you know what go. I mean? And I'd show up in a down spandex with okay. three pairs of skis, and everyone else would be like 180 pounds. Oh, nice. So you're just breaking all, all the, the stereotypes. Yeah, all the stereotypes. Like, do you see that black dude? You know? And yes. I could squat like four four plates for 20 reps. Like, I was just used to like lifting, right? Yeah. Flex. My like knees it. hurt now. You're built My different. knees hurt to this day from that. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so where I was going with this was like, I was an outlier. Uh, making the national team. I was there for six years. Skied all over the world. Like, I skied 200 days a year. Oh, That's my awesome. gosh. Yeah. And Best that, place you skied. Uh, ooh, I would on a, mm. you can, you can, you can spill the beans. Let's lie. Okay. We don't know. We won't lie. I was say, why are we lying? Why are we Me, lying? Like this place called Miyoko, Japan. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, ja oh. oh yeah. I went that way. Okay. Um, I like it. something about, I, I mean, we're going to get a lot of flack for this. Something about the, the Shinto religion, I think is something about how the trees are sacred. Right. Me oh. being an arrogant American, I'm like, this, we got dumped on. <laughs> and all these people are skiing in these tight little lanes. I'm like, man, no one's skiing in the trees. And I just skied off oh. the run into the trees. No one said anything. Right. But you're not supposed to there? I think so. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. But okay. uh, it was the deepest, nicest powder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. Ski patrol wasn't probably going to yeah. mess with you. Yeah, yeah they were. You were twice as big yeah, as I had dreadlocks then. Yeah. In Mexico. No or, one's uh, screwing with a guy with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like a foot taller than everybody. Um, <laughs> so like Japan's awesome. South America's good, like Chile. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Las Lanes. I bet. Uh, there's a place called Portillo. Uh, no joke. They have a ski lift that runs off of an old D8 diesel engine. Okay. And they shift gears while you're <laughs> while you're going manually. <laughs> yeah. Like durr, durr. okay. And you're like, man, we are dropping gears, and it's only like a one person <laughs> lift. <sighs> and they take you up this 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 uh, avalanche chute, and you can hear it slowing down, and it's literally like a bar that has like a piece of chain on it you all hold on to. There's five of us you can go up at once. Oh man. And it's called a Roka Jack. And it's in, and they still have it to this day. What an experience. And, right. That's, that's what crazy. I said. Yeah. And it's straight up and it's like there's no lifts, it's just cables. I might that that would probably be like, you know what guys, I think I'm gonna stay down here. Yeah. See ya. you. Up guys, an avalanche. You guys go and up there. it's like this huge lake you are on and they only sell so many tickets per day. Oh. So, so it's they, like very exclusive almost. Yeah, but it's like and then it's right on the Argentina and Chilean border. Oh that's cool. And it's at twelve thousand feet. That's what does suck. Oh, because you're like, man, I'm out of shape. I'm like, oh, I forgot I'm at twelve thousand yeah. feet. Um, never been, I've never been that high. Skiing with altitude sickness sounds not fun though, too. Did well, we you had get that? We had traveled with we traveled with doctors. Okay, and they'd weigh us and they'd oh, take wow. blood samples, and we had to spin on bikes with oxygen to get our oxygen up back the, up. They test our lactate. Jeez, damn. Like, so, what was it like being in like the national ski team? Oh, how did, okay, first, you, I'm I'm getting ahead because I'm excited. Oh, but right. like, how did you? get in into the national ski team well it's based on like a criteria so they're like you got to be ranked this and then ranked this and then so you're based on your world rankings uh, so i had to be ranked at one point like in the top 250 in all events in the world right and wow. then to make the national alpine team you had to be top 60 or top 90 in a certain event 
or win the national championships or win a Noram Cup or have a combination of, or aggregate of points. Right. So like a season long thing. Yeah. Right. right. So at the end of the season, you're like, well, what, what, where you're at with your rankings? And when I retired, I had like 18 or 19 downhill points and 20 super G points, which basically means like if there was 50 people in the world, you'd be in that top 50. Right. Oh, shit. Which would qualify you for the national team. Oh, shit. And that's the, in the world. But then uh, in the United States, that's, you know, top handful, top three, top five. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So when you showed right. up, like, people knew who you were for the most part then, right? If you're in that kind of upper echelon, people be like, there's that dude. Well, I mean, dreads. there was, like, the Bodie Millers, the Darren Rawls, the right. Tommy Moes. And I always laugh at this. In, in Even within the grand scheme of your guys' podcast, if you think about it, for every, like, Bodie Miller – for every Michael Jordan, um, Tiger Woods, there's hundreds of thousands of people that were like just yeah. under, just under. Right. So I'd always joke like I got top six, and people are like, I think that means you got six place or like top eleven, right? Top mm. twenty one. I, like I like how you know. add the word top, yeah, because yeah, that's like right. that's ultimately cooler. Because I used to joke with my my buddies, I got top seven, and I think I like that means you got. That's seventh a weird place. way to say seventh place. <laughs> yes, no, I like <laughs> it. I like it. I but like it. You the know, joke what? is like build yourself up. It takes a lot of people to get to that upper echelon. I would imagine. Um, yeah. So if even if, if it's someone like me, you know, I, I people will ask if we, later on, we get into talking about DEI, which is diversity, equity, inclusion, and like right. what that is in modern times. People constantly ask me like, why aren't there more black Americans skiing? You know? And uh, my response is like, for every one Andre Horton, you have to have maybe 3,000 black kids at the age of 16 Wanting to do it. Wanting to do it. Yeah. Full-time training. Full-time training. Blah, blah, blah. And right now we have 30. Yeah. So, like, I'm an outlier, like, quadruple sure. outlier. Um, And I've always been a nerd when it comes to people asking me about any type of occupation I do. So, like, getting hired at the fire department, I think it was, like, a 3.5% chance of getting hired. Uh, making the national ski team, there's another percentage that I never even dealt with. Yeah, I'm sure it's... Um, but I mean, to answer your question originally, though, it's just like it's a ranking system to get there, and then you have to maintain your rankings to stay there. Okay. Um, and then you move around a lot, so you'll be on a development team because you're like kind of doing okay, and then you have a couple training sessions where you're beat Bodie. You know, th then the, these guys get really upset. Um, and I think, and just in that segue, there was a really cool sports psychologist that was way too expensive for me, but he was paid for by the U.S. Olympic Committee that traveled with this. And I was always struggling psychologically as, as an athlete, seeing how I was in like Tommy Moe's shadow or Bodie Miller's shadow. And these guys are winning World Cups, crushing it, making millions of dollars. You know, they go to the bars with all the, the you know, the hot ladies. And then I'm, you know, you're the fourth place. Mm. And then top four. Yeah, top four. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and yeah. then he'd ask me at one point, he's like, well, Andre, what's the difference between you and Bodie or you and Darren Rolfs? Do you train any less than they do? Do you work harder or less than they do? I'm like, no, I actually work harder than they do. Because I'm trying to be competitive. Yeah. Um, so then he came about this idea. He said, Horton, essentially, like, you have to consider yourself a world-class athlete mm -hmm. and take nothing less. And I'm like, well, I'm not really world-class. He's like, well, why not? I was like, well, I don't win World Cups. He's like, but you work just as hard as everybody who does. Mm. And I was like, all right. He's like, start considering yourself a world-class athlete, and it'll change your perspective. Damn. Right? So I started changing my perspective. And he I started does, skiing that, faster. That guy does not charge enough. Yeah, right. And it's just like, awesome. it's like a little, it's like a little brain, it's like a little nugget. Switching right? how you look yeah. at stuff like that. Yeah. Right. To like, you know, or 
what's the difference between this podcast and the world-renowned podcast of whatever the most famous podcast is? Absolutely yeah. nothing, Andre. Your passion and your eagerness to be here yeah. and to find um, cool people to be on is no different. Right. Right? I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars of, of difference when it comes to the outcome of it. Right. But your passion for being here like, is world class. So if you have that perspective, world class podcasters, kind world of class heard, heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just easy for everyone to like put themselves in this category. I'm not good enough. I'm not yeah. smart enough, and you know. And this goes back to even our UAA days, which is the question: is like I was, I took a test in grade school that put me like, a, you know, an inch away from the short bus, so to speak. Right. Nothing against short buses, but I was that challenged as a kid mm. learning and they're like he's not going to graduate high school if he tries and that's what my parents were told really as educators that's hard to hear right yeah um truth be told at uaa i mean we went we went on and got our master's degrees and we were cum laude and Damn. like we we achieved things that told people told us we couldn't you so, know so why do you think that was um in terms of barely passing stuff to do you think you just did not care about school at that time? Like that was not a priority? Is that why you feel like you didn't like pass stuff? Or did you feel like you actually struggled with learning at that time? Um, much like my life now, I I was a square peg. Right. And they're like, oh, here's a round hole. Fit it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Doing like, stuff different. Yeah. And even what's funny now is being a parent going like 20, 30 years later, I see my kids struggle with the same thing. And I'm like, you know what? Our entire society says this is how you're supposed, supposed to learn. To yeah. And if you don't fit this mold, then you're not going to be successful. Mm. Um, and I'm like, no, no, no. You have to be patient. So like my daughter's in, but she's a tween. And she's in junior high. She's like, oh, I'm worried about this. And then there's boys. And then there's, I stink. And then da -da -da. I'm like, oh, it's puberty. And, she, and then she's like, dad, can I catch puberty? Like it's COVID. And I'm like, well, yeah, anyway. Sort of. But I had to go through these processes and joke with her about it. It's just junior high. Junior mm -hmm. high is horrible for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but these seasons you go yeah. through, like you will survive and you move on. Um, but I think it's just hard for um, people to think that they have to fit. Mm. Right. And I've yeah. never fit in anything ever. Yeah. I feel like just personally, I think of like having a teenager in the house, same idea. You're dealing yeah. with a lot of things going on and you try to put yourself in their shoes yeah. at uh, that age. And I'm like, I honestly, I've told many people this, that I feel like I didn't even wake up and become a person per se <laughs> until out. about 24. Mm -hmm. Like it's weird. Like anything before 24 was like autopilot, almost like the movie Click. Yeah. Like I fast forwarded mm -hmm. and I was mm -hmm. doing. Right. That's true. God, that movie gets know, me. I right? know. And then Man, so bef heartbreaking. before I know it, I'm 24. I graduated. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mm. I thought I was going to be a millionaire next year oh, because yeah. that was oh, obviously on my goals. And yeah. no one gave me a million dollars yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably yeah. not yeah. going to make it in the next 12 months. Yeah. So it's just like. I try to have a little bit of humility when I'm looking at a kid that's like, oh, school's tough. And I'm yeah. like, man, you ways. don't even know right. when you're, mm -hmm. you have so much ahead of you that right. uh, try yeah. to try to realize that not mm -hmm. to be so hard, but that you're right. There is like a stigma that your kids should be smart and, mm -hmm. and get straight A's and do yeah. all these things that I think is just peer pressure from other parents of, you know, my kid is, uh, oh, right. know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a struggle. Like you're. Like I said, I didn't even wake up and become a, 
human being until 24, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. some of us are late bloomers. Yeah. Well, I had I had this, I, I went to a lot of counseling and people are like, why? I'm like, because I actually liked going to counselors. I'd ask them if I'm crazy and go through these oh. cathartic <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he says, you know, no one's going to take you seriously until you're 40. And I was just like mesmerized by that. I'm like, what do you mean no one's going to take me seriously until I'm 40? Lo and behold, when I turned 40, I figured out why. It's just like you're in a rush to grow and be who you are. Right. And 40 is just this arbitrary number that's like, oh, here you are, you're 40. But it's that moment. Like, uh, I, li- I like a lot of Mike Rowe. And he has this thing where he calls it his peripatetic moment, where it's like the aha moment. Sure. Where it's like, I see my kids growing. I see everything I've failed at. And right. like, I had to go through all that or go through that, not around it, to be where I'm at. Mm. Yeah. And lo and behold, I have, I, I work at a job that requires a GED and no criminal record. But I have a master's degree and 20 years of life experience. Yeah. But I wouldn't give the job up for anything because I enjoy it so much because of my quality of life. And when I started working where I'm working now, I lost 70% of my income. Yeah. That's how much of a pay cut I was doing my entrepreneurial stuff before that. Oh, wow. So then you're like, why would you give that up? Uh, happiness. Sure. And like, like I, I had make, making plenty of money the problem is, is like, I didn't have time to spend it or time to sit down and just be like, hmm, this is nice. Be happy for to be happy what you were making. Yeah. So this yeah. whole 40 thing was like, maybe they call this a midlife crisis. Yeah. Oh, um, shit. Because I think we're pushed to like, want to be successful and be millionaires. And, be yeah. six, and at some point you realize you're like, well, I'm not going to be that or I'm going to be that later. But it's okay to just marinate in right in the season we're in now. Sure. Uh, that was probably like one of my greatest lessons was just like, it's okay to just be right now. I love that. And I, I love that. Like, you know, you're, you're open about talking about this stuff too, because I feel like yeah. a lot of people, we don't talk about this shit oh, yeah. where it's like terrifying. My, my uncle, you know, cause I was like in my early twenties and I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. I, you know, and he was like, um, I don't. He's like, your generation was like told like you guys had to have it all figured out by 20, mm-hmm. 24. Like be married, have kids, you know, you're in the job. Get a good and, pension. Right. Get a good pension. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like now he's like, I'm giving you guys like, he, well, he didn't say it like this. I'm not, he's not giving it to us. But like he's basically saying like till 30, like that's how long you have to figure it out. Right. Have fun. Like enjoy it. And then it's still like. Once you maybe have it figured out, once you're on that line, I mean, it doesn't have to be 30, it could be 50, it could be 60, it could be 80. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, then you you start to kind of like navigate that a little bit and kind of work through those. You're, you're wiser. Yeah. And you work yeah. through those like mental barriers, like you're saying, and like you come up, you find out about that, you know, uh, enjoying where you were. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. I'm like, I look back in 20s. I look back at cutting caliber and business stuff. And I'm like, I just want to be a millionaire yeah. by the time I'm 30. And you just go, go, go. But I'm like, damn, I wish I would have just been in that moment and, enjoyed and just it. enjoyed like yeah. building and creating that giant empire that we created. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like how giant or small it was, but just like being like, I'm enjoying that. And I think that's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's just been on my mind recently too. Yeah. And so that's so cool that, you're also open about talking about this stuff. Mm. I love that. We get pushed past those moments where we like, and I don't know what your guys' background, at least how I was raised like uh, uh, Christian 
was like this whole oh, idea. We're, we're, oh, well, I mean, some oh, people are like, oh, what kind of podcast is this going to turn into? Now? No, it can uh, turn into that, whatever. That okay. is one of our like main topics because we both grew up Christian too. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they always talked about the Sabbath and rest. And I'm like, what is that? I mean, come yeah. on. Is that only Sundays? And we're going to talk about blue laws now. You can't have booze on Sunday. And uh, where I'm going mm. with this is like this idea of rest took me a while to figure out. Sure. And uh, who was I? I was just down in, in Central Oregon talking to a friend I haven't seen in. Uh, almost 10 years. Anyway, he runs this huge manufacturing company and he looked at me, he looked super stressed, but his building is mm. twice the size it was I saw him last mm. time. I pulled him aside. I was like, you know what? You are going to look back and regret how successful you could have been because you didn't take time to recognize the win you are succeeding at right now. Mm. And that's rest. And you need a nap. Yeah, you need a nap. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and and so th for you guys to know, like um, when I was a kid, they say, on the seventh day, God rested. Right. And I was like, why would the creator of the earth need to rest? Mm. Yeah. And I could never figure that out. Creatine. Until, like, he didn't make creatine yet. Yeah, he didn't make creatine and waste it. But then I recognized like it was this moment of recognition of what you've accomplished. Right. Where mm. you can sit back and be like, oh, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. This looks pretty cool. I created all this, this whole universe. Yeah. Uh, so it, that's that's the idea of rest. Whether what whatever your spiritual background is, is like we don't rest. Right. So it's the hustle, it's the constant thing, and nothing's ever good enough. Where if you actually just force yourself to stop for a second, you're like, you know, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, just takes time to like go full circle. Yeah, I, and then even to add on top of that, just be proud of yourself for where you are. Because mm -hmm. I think you can look back and be like, well, like for me, right? I did like the YouTube game for years and then i still like never cracked like 700 subscribers but i did it every week for two years really yeah and i i was just i would that's where i was and i i i for the longest time i looked back and i was like that's a failure i used to mm. tell myself that and then it wasn't until like i don't know it had to have been like when i got married i was like man i'm proud of myself because right. i learned a lot and I've been through a lot because of that. And like now I have a job, a business that I've created because of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at these like all wrong. And so it's being proud of yourself, I think. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I'm like really like trying to enjoy and be grateful. You know how they say like, oh, wake up and write three things you're grateful for in your journal. And it's like, I'm like kind of still there a little bit. I'm trying to do this, <laughs> but it's, it's still being like proud of yourself for the mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like we, it took it took a lot to get here. You're here now, mm -hmm. and be okay with it, whether you feel like that's success or not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. be proud of where you're. Well, and they'd always give you that Michael Jordan thing, like he's lost more three pointers than he's made, and they did, did that. Did he though? Yeah, I, I know they were. All, you know, I mean everything. He did. Everything he did <clears throat> was Barry Bonds struck sunk. out more times well, than he. I mean, yeah. the caveat because like, he was up. He's, he's up he's, to bat more. Yeah. <laughs> well, these businesses that I've ran, I I would used to call them failures too because I've mm -hmm. lost. Let me see. Uh, three. Oh, I've left three businesses, whether I wanted to or not. Uh, I want like I had a I had a donut operation I ran. Dipper Donuts. I, yeah, I remember. And then I, remember. I had an yeah. accounting firm, and then I had an advertising agency, and all oh, those shit. like left in, like they still exist. So like okay, and then I'm like, uh, oh, their business. Failures. They still exist to this day. Yeah. Well, oh, the donut place in doesn't. Some form. Yeah, in some form, like the the advertising agency's crushing it. They're doing great. No way. Um, huh. and the caveat is like I actually got. Sued by them when I left, even though I founded it. But then they're all my best friends now, and I wouldn't. And so where I'm, <laughs> where I'm going with this is like I wouldn't give up that loss and failure and for nothing. I'd mm -hmm. do it over again too. The yeah. donut thing I called the donut debacle, 
uh, <laughs> like everything I learned about that, because it, it started with like I bought Golden Donuts and then that failed after I bought Golden Donuts because the deal fell through, but they already had closed on it and I already quit my job. <sighs> so then I started Dipper Donuts and that was a whole nother debacle too. Even though it started, it was, everyone's like, oh, this is great. I love these donuts and yeah. diabetes. And, and we were ripping. And then <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. that I had to like, uh, I got sued by my business partner to leave. Oh. And I'm like, well, this is weird. Like, can you just send me a text? You don't have to sue me for it. Um, but nevertheless, like that's the, that was the demise of it. I just chose to leave. Yeah. So I walked away from uh, all my sweat equity and Damn. just, to, uh, and I was like, well, I, I'm into this somehow. And so I got yeah. paid for that, but then I walked away. So it, it was depressing if you think about it. I would just walk home and just weep. Yeah, to right. be honest. And that was like my third business where I would do that. Um, but I like going back to what you said, I don't, I wouldn't give it up. Mm, like, sure. It made me who I am. Yep. It, it was just hurt, man. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe in that moment and like can suck. I can oh, feel yeah. that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, like you, uh, it turns a corner. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and same thing with ski racing, for instance, like you'd wreck hard. I blew my knee out a couple of times, concussions, broke my back, dislocated shoulders. God, that's why I don't ski. Yeah, and they're all like, I wish these wrecks happened at like under 70 miles an hour, but they never did. <laughs> oh my God. And it was, the best part was the video. I'd get upset at my ski coach. I'm like, never stop filming. Oh, <laughs> like film just film the whole the thing. Oh my God. Like, all the way into the woods. Whatever, oh, I love know, it. The concussions. But, um, oh my God. So, where I was going with all this is I was actually a quick story was when I was in Deer Valley. If you guys know who, where Deer Valley is, Utah. Like, I haven't no. been. You can ski so. through like multi million dollar, like, lawns and it's like all the homes are inside of the ski area oh okay. there's like roads underneath the ski area fancy very opulent very opulent okay anyway i was on the national ski team and i had a um what they call a gold pass which is like this little gold medallion you wear and it's the ski pass oh and it, it, there's no rfid that you just like kind of pull back like your superman and they you show them oh. the medallion like oh sir go right ahead because there's only like a thousand of them really and oh my god th they had extra one there like, here take this for the day and there's they're thirty thousand dollars the medallion is <laughs> right and it's called a gold pass so people like these high-end individuals would buy the gold pass to sponsor the ski team and then the ski team is like you want to go skiing for the day just take a gold pass i'm like all right oh. nevertheless well, so I'm super <laughs> nonchalant just take a gold pass. yeah and it was like a, a little bowl it was like whatever because i Thank i was a little pretentious sometimes like sir 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 we need your pass and you're like oh you mean this <laughs> i only did that <laughs> once oh I mean, yeah you mean Same. this yeah uh but anyway i was riding up this lift with this guy and i could tell he was just probably just loaded like you could just feel that and i didn't really say anything and I, i'm weird about celebrities like i don't like he puts his pants on the same way i do i don't yeah. know who he is but his his you know, money was falling out of his pocket yeah, like bullion was falling like his you know? watch i looked at i was like good grief that thing it looks like yeah. it's, you know and uh so i started a conversation with him i was like oh what are you doing out here you're gonna go ripping and uh and before i could finish that he's like yeah why you want to race <laughs> like and he had no idea who i was oh. right and I, I didn't take Let's the bait money on it. quite then. I was like, oh, so I started it. talking to him interpersonally, like, how, what are you doing out here? And uh, come to find out, he had flown his helicopter to Deer Valley to okay. ski for the day. So he's he's, he's got expensive right. taste yeah. in so transportation. Yeah, so he flew a jet to the airport and then a helicopter to Deer Valley. Oh, my God. And then here's the craziest disappointing part. He's like, as I find out more and more about him, like, no one wanted to go with him. He had zero friends. Zero friends. Billionaire. Oh, zero friends, buddy. Yeah, but so I, I so I'm like, here, I'm just like ridiculously poor skier because I mean, yeah. that's the thing. You're just, uh, but I was like, you know, I promised myself I'm never gonna be that guy. Mm. Like, would I give up a billion dollars to have 
friends, you know, and Ooh. a family and relationships, or would you take a billion dollars? Ooh, that's a question. Right? Blew my mind. And yeah. I was like seven or like 20 or 19 at the time. Damn. But I mean, it changed me forever. Yeah. Like, man, that guy's sacrificed and given up everything. And he's just sad and lonely. Yeah. Oh, man. For 500 million. I'll be your friend. <laughs> yeah, right. Just give me a little, just I'll be for a your friend bit. for the day. Uh, yeah. We can it, do whatever. Change me. I was like, Listen, man, that's... I will leave my job right now if you write me a check. Yeah. Total Wolf but of Wall Street. But what are the chances style. you run into whatever that, whoever he was? Yeah. yeah. And then we get to the top. He's like, you still want to race? I'm like, sure, I'll give you a head start. He's like, I don't need a head start. I'm like, all right, suit yourself. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. I gave him like a good, like, 90 second start, head start. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw him again. Yeah. I was like, I got it. Oh, uh, damn. Um, but I know, it just goes back to yeah, like that loneliness part and like doing things by yourself. And then you know, I wouldn't give up well, relationship. Give up, yeah, right. So interesting. Back on track in terms of UAA, and then after that, oh yeah, you, you did of, ask that like well, like just you 20 know, twenty minutes ago. Sorry, see, but that's <laughs> the beauty. That's the beauty of this podcast. Okay. You know what? That's why I have no friends. You know, I was going <laughs> to. Yeah, there was a UAA <laughs> question in there. Like, went in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we the national ski team to UAA. Yeah. At some point, you probably had to call it quits with skiing, right? Body wise, or what was it that kind of oh. just? Or was... you still skiing? Not too. Dude, it's uh, oof. I get bored skiing now. Just because you can't, go too fast. I'm, well, yeah, I'm curious. Broke the sound Why? barrier. Yeah, because you're like uh, it. This sounds even. This sounds really pretentious, but like no, it's like it. it's like inviting someone who. So is the gold chain. I know. Like <laughs> you want my pass. I still got it. <laughs> like it's like trying to convince a. F1 driver to like go to the go-kart track. Right. Oh. It's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm just, people are like, hey, Arthur, it, it's, it dumped 18 inches. I'm like, mm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. That's not the same as Portillo or Miyoko, Japan, is it? You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. would you say you really love skiing then? Like if you are so particular about like what you would ski, like. I think I got spoiled. That's the problem. Mm, I, I could see that. Like with golf, like I, oh. I like to play nice courses, but if you ask me to play like a terrible place, I'm like, it's still golf. I'd love okay. to. But that's also a community thing, like see, where I'm playing go. with buddies and right. stuff like that. So there, there's that aspect that's yeah. a little different. So the, the answer to that is also the answer to the question you just asked of like, why did I stop? I, I stopped because I got lonely. No. And people are oh, it's lonely at the top. Well, I think just making too much money. Uh, uh, it's like too you much money. Guy I was the, the other guy in the Deer Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. I was the one that had the helicopter. <laughs> I fight club. I fight club myself. <laughs> I was the guy. Tyler Darden here. Uh, yeah, I was the one with the helicopter. That was the whole story about me, actually. Um, I have a helicopter here now. It's out back. That's how he actually got here. Everybody. I saw. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know a lot of vibration. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, <laughs> this is where I'm going lonely. With where I was going with that is like I think I was telling my wife this the other day. I was like, uh, let me say, there's a place in it's called Hintertux, Austria. Uh, you can ride up what they call a funatel, and a funatel is a double cabled gondola. So there's instead of one cable, there's two, so it can go over an entire stretch of a valley without any wind pushing it around like you're gonna die. Because oh. high winds are terrifying. Like the yeah. least. Anyway, I rode a Funatel every morning at 6 a.m. And you could watch the sun come up. And then on a clear day at the top of Hintertux, you can look across and see the Atlas Mountains that are in Africa. 
Oh, okay. no joke, right? And that's that's the kind of experience I'd have every morning. Okay. And like you're talking about people on Instagram wanting to have these cool pictures. Like this was pre-Instagram, obviously. But Damn. I had that experience every day. I Damn. Right. And no one to share it with. Not that I needed that to share that on Instagram. That's not my point. It's just the the fact of like sitting in this Funatel looking out this window. I'm like, man, this is cool. And then you look to your left and your right, and it's you're in the gondola, the Funatel all by yourself. Yeah. Right. And you're like, man, this gets old, you know. Um, you didn't have a phone to take yeah, a picture. You didn't have a phone to stare it with Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I recognize you're like, man, this gets old doing life like this by yourself in this experience. Like, I can't mm-hmm. share it. So this is human thing of like, why do we do things if, I don't think you would do things if you couldn't share it. It's like, uh, w- w- there's always that analogy, if a tree falls in the forest, did yeah, it, did did it, it hear did, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, well, this Funatel rides every morning. It was awesome. But I couldn't share with anybody. Mm. Hmm. It was just the same 12 dudes and 12 women, which were still, they were still cool. Right. But it goes back to like, I was still there by myself. Yeah. So I was like, it, I just got weary of that. And people are like, what's well, stupid? You gave up a, a promising national career because you were lonely. Oh, like, I mean, you know, that's what I call navel gazing. Like you stare at your navel, you know, have a pity party. But essentially, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life having these mountaintop experiences by myself. And at the time I was dating my present wife, like girlfriend at the time. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. Like, I want to start another chapter in my life sure. and share these experiences. Have we gone back to Intertux? No. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you need to go back and share that experience now, yeah. right? So the caveat really quick to that is when I was talking to a counselor uh, at post-career, which um, I'm an advocate of anyone who retires from an, any kind of a sports team or just retire in general, you should seek counseling because there's some healing that has to occur and like mourning for moving on in a different season in life. So mm. I just quit skiing altogether. Oh. Right. I'm like, I was a little kid wanting to make the national ski team, made it, succeeded. Your purpose. You know, cr- my purpose. I crushed it. Yeah. First black American ever on the national ski team. Cool. You know, resume. And then it's like, you just close the binder yeah. <laughs> yeah. and and go to UAA as uh Johnny student, you know, yeah. Johnny three zero one five twenty seventy or whatever my student ID was. Right. No just one knew who the I was. The trash can yeah. and walk right <laughs> in. Put him in the shed and shut the door. <laughs> right. Uh, All and 37 pairs of them at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You yeah. build up from those three. Yeah. I built, I, I succeeded. Now yeah. I get 20, wait, around 18 pair a year. Still? No, no, no. Oh. I, you know, I thought like given like no, sponsors. No, every year I'd get around 18 pairs, like six pairs of boots, more poles than I could count. Damn. And like goggles, helmets, the whole thing. I mean, I mean that was definitely by, a yeah. perk of like. That's definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. It's one of those like that. rock star situations where you're right. like, you don't know how much money they make, but they get free everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the thing that people don't understand about sports teams too is like, I'd only made 15 grand a year. Right. But everything was covered. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay a thing. Yeah, meals, travel. Like, where we're we gonna go to? We're gonna go to New Zealand again. Okay. The other day, I looked at going to New Zealand. I'm like, nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I couldn't uh, even get to L.A. Times changed. <laughs> like, times, times have changed. Yeah. Oh, maxed out a lot of stuff. We would go to New Zealand for weeks, oh, South wow. America, and then we'd be in Europe all winter, right? So your money goes a long oh, way. That's cool. That's um, cool. But nevertheless, like that's the career. I was like, okay, I think I'm done. You know, and, and the, college. What, was, what age was that? That was 25. 
Okay. Yeah. So right around that time that Kyle was saying like 24, 25, (laughs) like trying to figure out. So it's similar. Yeah. Interesting. And then I was like, I'm going to go to UA. And I I appreciated the obscurity from going from like world-class athlete, like the top echelons, you know, top like national championships. I was winning the national championships at Alieska. That was the year they had them. And uh, I ended up getting fourth place. So that's my joke about top top four. Yeah. And I lost by eight hundredths or eighteen hundredths of a second. Mm. Wow! And from this, third place or from first? Can't even count from, that high. From uh, second to fourth by eighteen hundredths of a second. Ooh. I mean, eighteen hundredths of seconds at like eighty miles an hour is like nothing. A couple yeah. inches. Right. Oh my god! Which goes back to where I was talking about being a world class athlete. But a couple inches matter. Yeah, that's no, I what know, you right? need to. <laughs> that's yeah. the name of the podcast. <laughs> right. It, that, a couple inches matter. <laughs> Every inch matters. Uh, yeah. But it, said, it, yeah. it goes back to this whole, like, um, I was beating Darren Rolves and Bodie Miller at the time. Right. And like, so these are the best guys in the world. Yeah. Like, Bodie Miller just had the World Cup season of, you know, historic. So I'm not any less of a world-class athlete, but I ended up beating him at the championships. Uh, and I worked as hard as he did, but I lost by well, a couple inches. Right. Literally. Oh, man. Um, but it's not a big deal. It just goes back to, you know, like, believing in yourself even then. Yeah. Um, but I, going back to UA, I appreciated the obscurity of going just into the halls of incognito, totally, incognito, right? doing yeah. GERs, history 101. They're like, sir, do you have a hall pass? Yeah. And we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I forgot to give uh, this back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like 30 grand, <laughs> uh, paid for my tuition. I have books. a couple of them. <laughs> uh, and I, and I probably could have gone to a D1 college and skied. So why did you choose UA? The obscurity. Um, like you, you just want to get away that? from it. You yeah. Know? And, I, and at some parts of me regret, like, it would have been cool to be a D1 skier and, like, you know, ski yeah. for a college. But I was also a speed skier. Like, I did downhill and Super G and some giant song where, like, college is all tech, you yeah. know, like, lots of little gates and turns. I'm like, what is this turn stuff? You know, like, <laughs> I, like, I was speeds of I got 80. the need for speed. Damn. Right. Yeah. I can't even imagine going that fast on skis, dude. It's, it's, it's uh, scary. It's a drug. No, 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 no. It's more stable than you think. Maybe for you. Yeah. yeah, like you I look, think don't look down at your skis; they're just going all over the place. Say, bro, you know? I, I was gonna say I I I uh, I, I haven't been up uh, on any mountain because the last time I was, I went <laughs> I was getting off the chairlift and I just beefed I, it. Just Everybody started laughing. I went down once, struggled, right? Of course, tumbled uh-huh. down, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be at the sits mark. Uh, yeah, yeah little baby done. giraffe getting off there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> your feet are going all over the place. Do you say what it was? Do you know Chris Bryant from yeah. UA days? Mm-hmm. So the story was that Jason, me, Dustin, uh, Jason might not have been there, but we all went up, took Chris Bryant up to Alaska mm-hmm. for snowboarding his first time ever. Uh, it is comical. And uh, we took a great basketball player for UA, great buddy of mine still. We took him up to the very, very top, his first run. No, you Motor fuckers. skills you fail. fuckers. It, we, it was a real dick move. Yeah, that's we, But we were like, we that's don't want to be on the magic carpet yeah. of like the b- bunny hill for three hours. Right down trap line or mighty might. Yeah, so we went right up to the top. It was a great powder day. Oh and my he goodness. Do you took, ski? Do you ski? I snowboarded. You snow? I, I haven't in years, okay. but we took him up there. It's like and, riding a bike. Yeah. Is and <laughs> we're all having the time of our life going up and down. And he has probably gone like 200 yards because yeah. he's stuck that in the powder. Me, man. Just, just rolling over. down like. Take oh. their skis off and just start walking down. <laughs> pieces slicing that. the whole way, but I was mm-hmm. still tumbling. So, you know, UAA connection there as well. And uh, he's yeah. probably still up there on Alley. <laughs> he's trying to get down <laughs> yeah. a couple of years man, later. Yeah, he's that, still there. 
That I feel I feel that. Chris, if you're listening, I feel that because I was there and I've never been back. We need to go again. Yes, yeah. Chris. I miss you. <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Go to the gym with him. You gotta yeah. go see him sometime. You know well, this training thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You guys probably have all the gym equipment you could probably have for the fire department, huh? Uh they every station has a gym in it. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty nice ones. I, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I stopped going to Planet Fitness because I just go work out at the gym at the yeah. station, though. I got gotcha. you. That's cool. But so, I mean, you do have long shifts, so you got to... Yeah, well... Fill look, the time. I'm going to get into that. Okay. Um, but then, so, basically, you go to UA, mm-hmm. um, you graduate with master's. I just kept going. You know, that yeah. brought me to <laughs> keep going. What was up. it? What was it that kept you going? Because you were uh, like, you said earlier that you were like, you weren't a good student. I can relate. And yeah. I went to college, and I only went one year. And that was music school. I went to college. Yeah. For music, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I'm and he out. sucked at it. Well, so <laughs> if I went backwards, not though, very far <laughs> off, Kyle. Like, not very far off. I, I think I was a very, very, very good student. Just in, in in some circumstances, just not intelligent by the round peg community, mm, right? Yeah. Square you, peg. You weren't a good test you taker. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that. And my my mother gave me this book when I was a kid called Leo the Late Learner, <laughs> and I read it all the time because it was this. I don't tell you a story, but essentially it's like figuring out how you learn. And I uh, couldn't do it as a kid. They're like, just read the sentence. I'm like, what sentence? <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, I don't, it's yeah. like gibberish. Mom, what the hell is a sentence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What's that, a word, mom? Yeah. And like, is this capitalized? Like, no, it's in the center. It's in the middle of the sentence. You don't capitalize that. I'm like, okay. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I get you. I, I crossed a lot of eyes. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't cross an eye. <laughs> you were doing some crazy stuff. That took, right. me, that took me a second. Yeah, okay. yeah it's like Jackson Pollock, yeah. on the, you know, for an English teacher. But uh, so I went to UAA. I figured out, like, I liked school. I liked academics because I got to do it my own way. Mm. And I think that's one thing mm. about UAA that is seriously understated is, like, we have all these alternative lifestyle students, but I think there's enough there's enough space inside of that institution to let you kind of sculpt out your own way of learning. Mm. So when I was doing my undergrad, I was like, Hey man, I want to learn entrepreneurship. Like you don't have a program for that. You have marketing and general Mm. management and finance and economics. But I was like, I want to do entrepreneurship. So they let me kind of take my own course and create curriculums towards entrepreneurship. Mm. And I knew I liked entrepreneurship because uh, inherently I think athletes and entrepreneurship have a lot in common. Like you got to plan your season. You got to have goals. You got to plan and struggle and and kind of like figure out the eccentricities of what you, your outcomes are. Work on your ambiguities. Like plan, organize. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of things entrepreneurs and athletes have in common. Not to say that it goes both ways all the time. Right. But nevertheless, when I went to UA, I was like, I want to go the entrepreneurial route in marketing. Um, and generally, like being an athlete, I had to go to interviews and learn how to speak in front of people all the time. So naturally, the marketing and sales route is what I did do. And I liked it. Um, and then they were like, hey, Horton, we will let you not take the GMATs if you continue to do your MBA. And I was like, is the GMAT a test? I mean, I figured out what it was. But I was like, yeah, sure, I'll keep continue. So I just like went on from like my baccalaureate straight into my MBA. And yeah. then there was a guy, did you take a class with Al Bolay? I did not. I don't oh, think okay. that he was awesome. But he was a re- he was a retired CEO of BP Alaska. Oh, cool. Who mm-hmm. came back to teach MBA and leadership? Okay, yeah. And it was like the awesomest class ever. Um, and he kind of correlated and put a lot of things together at once that I loved. It was pretty cool. Um, so that's how I kind of went towards the entrepreneurial finance route. Because like, how do you start a how do you start a company and how do you succeed at it? <laughs> really, because they talk about finances like 
bots, you know, bond stocks and all that. I'm like, that doesn't work in Alaska. No one does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do like McKinley Capital, but I didn't want to sit in a cubicle all day. Nevertheless, um, I just kept doing that and went through my MBA. And yeah. then got all done thinking I'm going to go take over the world and be an executive. No. Yeah, that was kind of where I I went to UAA for finance, got my bachelor's, and then it was kind of, do I do my master's or do I not? And I kind of got 50-50 from people like, do you want to build your network because that's what your master's is essentially going to do for you? You're not yeah. going to learn some secret skill. Or I should say, they're not giving away like these secret oh, classes that right. make you successful mm-hmm. in your master's. And so I opted out of it and, you know, I was like, I, I feel a calling towards music. And that's what right. I did as soon as I graduated was music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But like, I kind of regret it because I feel like a master's would have been a cool, you know, thing to have on pull my out, resume. Like, yeah. Kind of like yeah. my gold yeah, thing like that your I would gold, have. Yeah, your gold yeah. pass you pull it out. Yeah. I and, mean, it, it, the hard part for me as a parent and just being later in my 40s is like, I don't know the true value of education. And I, I think our generation will take it for granted because we haven't seen the true value of our education because it's not this thing that you were talking about with your, with our parents' generation where like having a master's degree was a big deal. Like, yeah. We're, we're going to be executives at Boeing. Yeah. You know, with that I'm gonna degree. Re- I'm going to work 60 years and retire. Yeah. Full, we're going to full yeah. pension. You know, we're going to be executives. It's like, uh, it's Archer or something. We're going to have this, like we're going to have cigarettes and we're going to sit uh. back and we're going to like, no, like it's, it's been almost disappointing to know that like I spent all the time and money on this, but it doesn't correlate to like what they sold it as like this executive route and like everything's mm-hmm. going to be, we're going to make, you know, 300,000 a year. No, like I work for the fire department. Um, right. But the caveat is, is like, you can't go back and look at your life and be like, well, that was a waste of time. No, it was a purpose in that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You can always find value in everything you've done, whether it's a failure, like, just like we were talking about earlier, like yeah. you can look at stuff as failures, but you can also spin it to lessons learned and mistakes you made that you won't make again and all these different yeah. things. I mean, and the true caveat is like, maybe the fact that you, that I have a, a master's degree and I graduated top of my class going back to a fourth grader who couldn't read or write. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You'll Art, take that. I'll take that. You're like, <laughs> fuck you, haters. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. And the funny, here's take the funny that. thing about that exact thing is there's never been someone who's, there's no like chorus in like a Greek chorus, you know, where it's like, Andre has learned. Like <laughs> right. there's no one that's been evaluating Nobody's... me. It's just a matter of my <laughs> own like, yeah, take that younger Andre. Like you're, you're able. Yeah. But you can also understand people would have a vice or a chip on your shoulder and that's the third thing tonight where I was like talking to a counselor and he, he told me at some point I started weeping. It was this really cool cathartic like moment where he, I'd always walk into any room when I was in fourth grade, all the way through my educational process, thinking I was the stupidest person in the room. Like oh. I was the least educated, the least intelligent anywhere. Right. Because I was the fourth grader who couldn't read and write. And that like stuck with mm-hmm. me my entire life until this counselor was like, do you still think you're stupid? And of course, I'm like, I think I was 38 when I went to see this guy. And I'm like, no. He's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, don't try to trick me. And then I started crying <laughs> yeah. and like doing this like shaking thing. Like, oh. I'm still the fourth grader who thinks yeah. there's. And then I realized. You're like, stupid. Yeah. I'm still, there's that fourth grader in me still today. Oh, my who God. Who will walk into a room, this room included, and be like, oh, I'm by far the stupidest guy Oh, here. my God. Right? And it's this little chip that I didn't recognize yeah. uh, at all. Yeah, And so now I'm just like blown away by learning this where I'm like, I walk into every room thinking I'm stupid. Yeah. That, that, all right. 
I mean, it's funny that you say that because like my wife, she's a life coach, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so she's- You're married like, to a life coach? I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Come on. You know, he gets it. Okay. He gets it. No, but like, so, I mean, I, I'm the same way, right? I mean, I think as a man, you like have these masculine- uh, things that are passed down to generation to generation. You're like, all right, don't talk about feelings. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. I'm a tough guy. But then like when she was like, she gave me that little like nugget of like, Ugh. um, like you are still a child. Mind job. That's what I call and it, it. Yeah. It really <laughs> blew my job. mind. And yeah. she's like, yeah. talk to yourself like you're a child, like you are the little Steven. Yeah. Like you're, <laughs> and I'm, and I, I, same. I was like, it blew my fucking mind that I was like, Oh my God, I've been telling yeah. little Steven that he's a fucking idiot. Right. Like, and he's a failure and he can't do this and he can't do that right. And that means he's got to push even harder to get to the goal. Right. Oh, dude. Yeah. So the mind blowing of like just switching that and being like, yeah. talk to yourself like you are a little person yeah. and like you're okay. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Ah, game and, and the thing I've had to recognize is even if I do walk into a room and there's a fourth grader saying, hey, Horton, you are, you are the stupidest person in this room right now. Uh, the thing is I've recognized, like, I'm okay with that. Uh, like, oof. I don't have to prove that I'm the smartest. So it's almost like a relief. Yeah. You know? No, it, I get that. Like, you want to almost, the, the kind of cliches, you never want to be the smartest one in the room because yeah. that means you're, you're never going to learn anything. Right, right. right. Um, yeah, I don't talk to little Kyle. He's a dickhead. Uh, so I haven't talked to him <laughs> oh, in a man, while. You got a ways, baby. <laughs> yeah. he, I, I try not to. Wait. I try I not to reach out to him. <laughs> yeah. He's toxic. He's a little yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> One of those guys. Yeah. No, I, I get that though because I think as men, when you grow up, it's just like hard to kind of look at as a kid because I think Steve and I both have a lot of. I hate using the word trauma. Oh, yeah. Because it is. We have to find a different word for it. Yeah. Right? Christian, Christian trauma or just, I mean, it, yeah, religious. We could do a podcast just on that. Oh, we have. Oh, okay. Because I, I always I mean, joke not, with people. I was really. like, you know, I'm a professional Christian. You throw mm. me a verse. I'm like, know that. Okay. Yeah. No, I, no heard that. I got. Yep. Yeah. I've. The, well, no, I mean, and like trauma, toxicity. Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, Decentral. What is it? Not uh, deconstructing the church. Yeah, deconstructing all, right. all that phrase. stuff. All those words. Uh, no, I mean, you finish your thoughts. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was just I was saying that. Like, you. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Is I spent so much of my time as a youth, uh, d deathly afraid of hell, crying, uh, crying myself to sleep all the time death, because I because I know. sinned we go, we all go. the time. Yeah. And you, you know, I'd forget to ask for forgiveness some nights. And, yeah. and I'm like, God, Ooh. if I die tonight, it's oh my straight goodness. to hell. We need to go have a beer after this. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm okay. Hey, instead right. of straight to jail, like on Parks and Rec, it was yeah. straight to hell. Like yeah. it was like, you curse straight to hell. Like, yeah. and I feel like that's still a conversation I need to have with little Kyle. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, I feel like my youth was just spent with fear, fear. and crying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And and so now I feel like I I am always in a good mood for the most part. Like I'm a happy guy. Use humor all the time instead of like I just have no sadness emotions anymore. I feel right. like I've blocked them out. See, it's interesting that you you say that like you were afraid of death and and or hell because I was afraid of death. Oh, right, yeah. like that's when I was like four years old. I accepted Jesus in my heart, mm -hmm. and I was, and it was the. I remember the picture Bible. She turned, my mom turned the page, and it was Jesus on the cross. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to die like that. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, serious. I was scared. No, don't do that to did, me, did, mom. Did school, like, they, they, didn't, <laughs> yeah. they didn't put the nails through his. They put it through his, through his wrist. wrist. So it would slide wrist. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right Dude, between the old so old much uh, worse. Yeah. Right? So yeah. much worse. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like I thought for sure I was like, you know, you know, I I, uh, I was like You're gonna die. I was scared of death. <laughs> yeah, I was scared of death ever since then. And then I don't talk about it. And then I mean, this is getting real deep, but like we had a buddy die, like one of my best buds died last year. Mm. And like I was like, I don't want anything to do with this. And then I started like working through it and like why am I like mm-hmm escaping like pushing everything away right now and it's because i'm going back to that little child and i was it's crazy like i I was a scared of death and i'm afraid of it and so i'm pushing it away from me right and so i wouldn't like just be like i'm gonna hold up in my my house and i'm gonna work on my business like that's what i'm gonna (laughs) going outside you could die (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was just like but it's so interesting how like even that stuff, which I wasn't even faced with for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden it comes back up. You're like, oh, shit. Little okay. seeds that grow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, the irony of this, too, like, we, we have a lot in common in the, in that regard of, like, fear. Yeah. And, like, my parents' generation, they it felt like they taught us that, like, spirituality and being a Christian, it almost felt like it was an equation. Yeah. Right? And, like, life's a Lego. <laughs> Everything clicks together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and this, I had the same thing. I was like, I think I, I think I had unpierced thoughts. I, I got a, oh man. Yeah. Did I remember? And then I you're, definitely you know, looked at and, that woman. Yeah. With, yeah. I mean, lustful eyes. I definitely looked at the LL Bean magazine. Yeah. Like, yeah quite a few yeah, times, mom. Of what you think's awesome. It's just like that downhill suit is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was the, it was that fear thing. And like, that goes back to like in your forties, you're like, wait a minute. Mm. And this, like, that was this like, at micro, it, like peripatia. It's the coolest word ever. I, I like where this like this aha moment. It's in Greek plays. They call it peripatia. Say, it sounds like, like a disease. Micro peripatia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, peripatia. Peripatia. And it's in every single Greek play. There's this peripatetic moment where like either the protagonist real like it'd be like uh, Luke Skywalker. Right. Like you're I'm my your dad. F- right. Like that's the, the peripatetic moment okay. of Star Wars. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like everyone's connected. Um. But that's where I realized like that fear has literally been holding us down the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it goes against everything. It goes against everything about spirituality and faith is fear. Mm. And like for centuries, Catholicism maybe has used that. Like, did you go to penance? Right. Like, yeah. uh, do, do, and then sometimes my parents or my dad will ask me about, you know, I was like, did you tithe this month? Right. Ooh. You know, like I'm like, oh, and 10%. He's like, what did, he's like, what did you say? I said, oh, I said, oh, shucks. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> right? or what? Shoot. Uh, talking yeah. mushrooms. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's been like riveting in this like other season of my life to recognize that that doesn't, that's been holding us down the whole time. Mm. And then looking back at my life, this whole rear view mirror windshield thing I was telling you guys about, like, and it's weird. I mean, I tell people like, I've been pursued by my creator from the very beginning. Like he pursued me when I was at, what I thought was the f- stupid fourth grader and he's never let me go. Mm. But it's like, it's our generation's job to like understand we have to define our spirituality and our faith different than our parents. Sure. Cause it's easy for us to be like, well, my, 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 the God I trust is the same as my father's. Like, right. Is it? Yeah. You know, like you, and people are like, what do you mean your God's different? You can't have this, you can't have a yeah. different God. And I'm like, no, actually I can because my relationship with my creator is my own. And like the Funatel I was telling you guys about, the gondola. Yeah. Like I'd call it being just overwhelmed some mornings. Like I'm like, why am I weeping looking at the Atlas Mountains in Africa? And I recognize that like I was being pursued. Like yeah. that's my creator saying, yeah, yo, Horton, what's up? 
And I think he talks like that. Everyone always thinks it's some kind of what up, dude? big booming voice. He's like, Horton, dude, you're going to have the best day ever on this glacier. It's going to be at tight. Tw- at tw- yeah, tw- <laughs> at 12,000 feet. And then there's like, yeah, you're going to see some hot ladies. <laughs> you're going to go. You're going to go. I made them. Uh, yeah, I, I made them. I made those. <laughs> and then we're going to have dinner down at the, you know, the the, the Hof. You're going to have some good beer. Yeah. It's going to be good. I made the guy that made that. <laughs> and yeah. then you get this whole like, and the ingredients. You are literally elated the whole day. Yeah, it's gonna be like, dope. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And he's like, "What's dope? Doesn't matter. I made that too." You yeah. know, like, <laughs> and it's just like, where did all this fear and just like oppression come from? Mm. And it took me like down my like late thirties to like, like, oh, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Steve and I. Uh, and I'm just speaking for myself, but I think Stephen feels similarly. Is like as we've gotten older, um, I, I use this loosely, but we become more spiritual oh, in some regards in weird? terms of like looking at the big picture at all the religions. Like, oh, why yeah. do people believe? You know, Bro. I wouldn't say we don't. Um, I'm again speaking for myself. It's not that I don't want to believe there's a God or I want to be an atheist or anything like that. It's just, I think about things so much differently than mm-hmm. I do the mm. Acts 238, like right. go forth, be baptized, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it's like, I don't want to think of a God like that mm-hmm. per se. Like there's a lot like, of magnifying glass to... and the ant hill thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's right. like the whole death thing. It's like, Ooh, I messed up. I'm going to get, I'm going to get right. it. <laughs> I'm going to get smite. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm going to yeah. get that shit. Uh, yeah. And like, it, it's just not like that. And it, yeah. it just took me, it, I'm, I think if I have one regret, it's, it's taking me so long to figure that out. Mm. I mean, I wish I knew that. I mean, it, it, sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, no, you always were, want right. to, to like, know oh, stuff man. sooner, but no. yeah, it's I like, maybe you found it out at the right time though. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the thing too. Cause I feel like, I mean, for me, I grew up in the church, you know, my parents were missionaries. So I was like in my life. Oh, yeah. But then I, I go back to my journals then, right? Because mm-hmm. I've journaled off and on for years. And I go back to my journals and it's all questions. Like, what mm-hmm. am I doing? Why do I really believe what I really Why believe? Why am I here? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm leading worship. I'm speaking. I am, you know, on stage preaching the word. Yeah. Who did Abel marry? Wait, sorry. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> how do they, they have kids? Yeah. No. <laughs> go back. Yeah, right. Nobody knows. Yeah, I nobody knows. Okay, keep going. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were testing me. I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. I, don't, I, don't, I, I asked that in Sunday uh, school. No, I like, get this kid out of here. <laughs> <laughs> was it Eve? Was it his mom? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying to figure Come this on. out. Oh, yeah. Maybe a sister? Uh, okay, keep yeah, going. But, sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, no. So I, I, there's so many questions riddled in these journals from years ago. And I was a counselor in summer camp, right? All this yeah. stuff. And then now, like, I am, I look back at that as, you know, sad little Steven growing up. And I'm like, man, I am so much more. I look at my journals now and it's night and day. I'm yeah. way more spiritual now because I think it was like, it took me and it took, it was a really tough time to break through some of that guilt, that fear. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working through it for sure. I'm not, there's no like, it's gone for good. Right. Like, I think there's still some stuff there, but I think it, it took some time, some working, some journaling, some reading, some figuring shit out. And it's like, uh, I am way more spiritual than when I was on stage or leading right. worship or all isn't this that, stuff. Isn't that, isn't that a mind job? Mind blowing. Mind blown. Yeah. And, and then the hardest thing that in this season too, is like, how do I interact with my peers? Like, I think my parents thought we should have or like when do we talk about this Mm. 
Like, and how? Right mm-hmm. out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But then that's like what it was like, we're going to leave this. We're not going to give you a tip. We're going to leave a track here for you, server. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that. But like, it's disguised like, like, as a $5 bill. Right. Yeah. But we didn't actually leave any dollar bills. Right. It was just and, this like, fake track that open stuff up. And like, oh, I love those. that. Always, that always <sighs> so pisses like, me off. And I'm like, I mean, I hate to admit it, but I'm pretty social and extroverted. But I, I think I struggle sometimes with like the spirituality connection with people because mm. it's not the first thing i talk about it's like, you, you got to lead yeah. off with the cane question yeah no, right, right, <laughs> right out like, the gate i think it was a sister. So, question be, for you all yeah. Yeah. yeah and then after the arc yeah. i mean what did we do here yeah. <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> i don't think everyone looked like <laughs> jennifer conley re- how do we replenish like yeah and moses didn't he do some weird stuff too yeah it's like there's just get out of the old testament there was like you know that is yeah that's not where you want to point people we're just talking about abraham and i was like yeah 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 what was it like um, uh, like you know, you try to kill me. <laughs> yeah, oh, sacrificing like, your but son, but also like right. hanging yeah. out with you know his his wife's uh, servant and right. all that stuff. And it was just like, what's going on yeah. here? What and like, real housewife show is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's probably all pretty normal stuff then. So you know, right? Whatever. Yeah. But I I have not. I, I eventually hope to figure out the segue or like it's. It's not an easy conversation, especially in 2023. Yeah. Because it's like people are super divisive and like, oh, you're one of those. And I don't think I've ever told someone, they're like, what are, what's your background? I don't think I've ever told someone, based on my background, like, oh, are you a Christian? Mm. And I was like, I usually tell people I'm a follower or like I'm a believer because I think there's so much toxicity associated with Christianity to immediately assume politics. Yeah. Like you get into that. Oh, that must mean you're for Frenanian or. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't. Did you vote for Trump? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you, oh. let's, here, let's take a look at your back of your car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you ever smoked weed and like you drink and this is yeah. like this big long rabbit hole. What do you hole. think about red hats? Yeah. Right. Red yeah. hats. Yeah. Like, and. So you talk the, about Limp Biscuit? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I like talking about Fred Durst. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bummer. Like, don't talk about yeah, Fred Durst. <laughs> uh, I went to a corn concert. It was awesome. Did you? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Kyle opened up for corn. Yeah, when they were at the Denina Center. Yeah. yeah. I missed that show. I was taking photos for that. I were think you? that's why we messaged. Maybe. Yeah. Because I think I, was... I asked you maybe if you had pictures from that, and you weren't there. <sighs> I took pictures of Callahan. Yeah. He was like, "Yes, they played right after us." Okay. And so that's why you, I was pissed. Did you ever pay? Uh, that's why I was, did uh, you ever take pictures for Zombie Fist? Yeah. All the time. We played four zombie fists. Yeah, it was awesome. Different different Kyle. It's very ghoulish. That's why I liked it. Yeah. Very dark. Very dark. I wonder if you took pictures of us. I'm sure we did. Now I'm now I'm have to go back to twenty ten. Do you pull back have those server. pictures? Oh yeah, I don't erase anything. Neither do that I. That sounds very yeah. creepy. Yeah, like, I don't erase anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't erase photos. Like, yeah, I have stuff from like two thousand. Oh, I got pictures. I wonder from if you have any Thera pictures. Yeah, probably. Oh wow. I was in the pit. Yeah. Taking photos. Interesting. Probably. Yeah. I do remember, man. I wonder. It was either you or, sadly, the the man that passed away not too long ago, um, because it was like two photographers. I remember, but I talked to one of them, and he gave me his card, and yeah. it was like, uh, like I like, took pictures of you on my. Yeah, there was too. one guy that always took all the. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I was. It was. was what was his name? name? I was only in there because I, Mikey, the drummer for Callahan, yeah. my yeah. best friend. Oh, and nice. Then, no shit. Yeah, Mikey, dude. You yeah. it? You it guy? Yeah, you it. Yeah. So that's the advertising agency I'm talking oh. about. That's yours. Yeah. I just did work for you. You're like, yeah. well, not you, but like I yeah. did work for Rub you. Rub it in, it. freaking Steven. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. But it was back, I mean, it's back <laughs> Well, not you because yeah, like, you're not a part of it. I don't know if you knew like, that. Yeah. That, they're all like awesome people. Cool now. So yeah. yeah. It's like back McKenzie in the McKenzie and, oh, no way. They're super bright, awesome people, right? So how'd you find a camera in your hands? Like, I am curious. Where does that leap? My mother was a, like, well, my mother's crazy. 
I mean, that's a good start. Yeah, like, let's that's start with a, that. Uh, oh, I always tell people my mother is Toy. so white, she's blue because okay. she's from northern Idaho. And my dad is from Griffin, Georgia. Okay. And he's really dark. Dirty South. So, yeah, very. So, if you see them on each side of me, like, none of us will show up in a camera. <laughs> the camera's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Who do I focus on? I turn out fine. My mom turns out like, <laughs> sure, like yeah. yeah. My mom turns out like powder. Yeah. And then my dad, this Aboriginal. Uh, uh, I forget where I was going with that. Okay. So, my camera. mom. Uh, did photography. Oh, okay. And she was a concert pianist. 35 mil. Right, 35 film? mil film. She handed that to me when I was 13. I remember think. what kind of was? It was a Canon AE1. Oh, old school. And then I saved up my allowance and got an AE1 program so I could put a, you know, a winder on it mm. from Stewart's photo. Oh, cool. Shopping I hustled, local. I hustled, I hustled them for Shout like out an to eight. Stewart's. It's like taking an 81 program piece in the glass right there. <laughs> <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> like, so I got Have that. you ever seen Leo the Learner? <laughs> yeah. I brought it. He's like, I'm here. And uh, and that was like, thir- so then I went to Stellar. We had a dark room. Oh, so cool. I, like, so you were able to do your own photos. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to King Career Center too to do more photography. Nice. Loved it. Oh, cool. 35 millimeter too. It was crazy as a kid. Did slides. E6. E6. You were, you were the kid. School. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then, the yeah, that was like it. I had like a, a donkey <laughs> bag, you know. Uh, I'd push film and pull it, you know, like you could do all this crazy stuff with film. <laughs> and then uh, worked at the Anchor Daily News for Perfect World. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, shit. Okay. As a kid. Did the yearbook for Stellar and then never stopped carrying cameras. And you can imagine if you're traveling to like Miyoko, Japan. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it was a little harder to carry 35 millimeter back then, but right. I, That's what I was I wondering did. about your gondola pics if they yeah. were like existed outside of social media. No, they were like that's pre-social media. That's no, I know, crazy. but like, did you ever take pictures while you were like without posting them? Essentially, oh yeah, hundreds, if yeah. not thousands, just like the whole scanning so thing. So there's a there's, and, like, a there's a coffee table book somewhere in here. Yeah, there's an archive coming. I like it. Oh, I like, I like it. it. But I don't want it in coffee. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you found yourself with the uh, camera in your hand, and you're kind of finding your way outside of master's degree. Mm-hmm. Where does that lead to your entrepreneurial endeavors? Well, every time I'd come back from skiing, I had this like short window where I could have to make money. So I did like window washing one year. I did lawn mowing. I did this thing called asphalt seal coating. Mm-hmm. It's the dirtiest job ever. You resurface parking lots. Yeah. So I okay. did that. And then once I got out of college, I did that full time. So I was a general contractor and I <clears throat> pursued bigger contracts with bigger firms. And they're like, okay, you can do all the Lowe's in the state and resurface all of them and then stripe them and do handicap. I'd paint the lines and did all. So I do that every summer. Oh, wow. All summer. You would never have a day off. Yeah. Because that's like summer's so that, short. Right. Summer's short. Yeah. And like I remember working, I think my record was. I worked 27 hours straight oh. trying to finish this project. Because we do these Lowe's jobs. It would take us like four days, and it was like 80 grand. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. I hire all my money. buddies. We'd sleep in our trucks and then wake up and keep working. Wow. I did that, and it was a dirty job. Um, then I finished my grad program, and then I worked for a company called Sockeye Consulting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I know Sockeye Consulting. Right. They are like the smartest, like yeah. in wicked they all worked at Microsoft and then started their own company and then came up to Alaska. So I started working for them and I was programming. Oh, no shit. And I was programming this ap- this application called Great Plains, which is their accounting software. Yep. What were you using? Uh, Coding language. Oh, uh, C++. Oh. 
So they taught me all that and it was cool. And then they realized like Horton's in the wrong place. Like, because everyone in the cubicles typing and coding. Yeah. And I'd be like, what's your favorite color? You know, stuff. And I, and the patient, the clients would come in, I'd start gabbing with them. Right. Yeah. And the CEO's like, we need somebody to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, we're going to make you the director of business development. You go sell. Oh, cool. So I went to oil companies and Alaska native firms all over the state selling the products that Sockeye. And that was mm-hmm. my first like, man, I'm kind of good at this. Because oh. they'd say, we're going to buy it. In. You know, we're going to buy it. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but okay, let's have beer later. Like, it, I didn't see the yeah. sales much as the relationship. Right. And that's, really, that's what business Mad development is, it. is like relationship development. That's really what it is. Mm. Nevertheless, I did that for a couple of years. And then um, a friend of mine called Arlen Iojak. He was this really gifted Alaska native programmer who worked for CTG, which is an oil field, you know, software company. He's like, Andre, we should sell software to oil companies. I'm like, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> and he at the time had written a, a software called Dynamo and several other software packages that aggregated wellhead data. So like all the information coming out of a wellhead we're pumping oil out of. There's all right. these different, like Halliburton, all these different companies had data. He figured out how to aggregate all their data into one interface. Hmm. He was really smart, but he's like, look, we got to sell this. So I convinced him that we should pursue British Petroleum for a contract. Okay. He's Go like, for the big boys. That's, that's big, Horton. I'm like, we yeah. can do it. Yeah. And I, I like put together it. a contract. We didn't even have an LLC, a partnership group, nothing. <laughs> I wrote a contract that he sent to BP and BP's like, sure, do it. <laughs> So then he called me back in shaking, like he's about to have a seizure. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Dude, Horton, we got it. I'm like, all like, what are they going to do? He's like, they said they're going to write a check tomorrow. I'm like, they are? <gasps> For how much? He's like, $850. i am like, eight, like $850 or $850,000. He's like, $850,000. I'm like, we need to create an LLC. We don't even have an EIN number. Like, how are they even going to write the check? They don't even know who to write it to. Oh, write my it? God. Yeah. Can you write two checks? Right, two Split checks. it between me and our. <laughs> we're gonna get right to go. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy looking back is we could have just been like, all right, we're done. But yeah, one and done. I told him, I was like, we should hire people. Yeah. And uh, we hired Maria Jose, and she worked at MSI, and she was a graphic designer. So, like, why would a software company hire a graphic designer? Marketing. Marketing, but then also the user interface. Mm-hmm. So, we're like, here's our user interface, make it look pretty. So, she created a user interface that was like pleasant to look at. Yes. And then we programmed the back of it. Mm-hmm. So yes. we created this software package for BP that was like super like pretty, but when you actually clicked on things, it did stuff. Oh, hell yeah. So user interface and the UI is what we started Before building. like UI, UX was a right. thing. We did, and that was in Alaska. Yeah. So BP blew up and then they sold it to all their subsidiaries across the globe. So we oh, blew wow. up in a matter of like one client, we went from, it was terrifying. <laughs> Because BP calls and there's like we're there's we're, we're on like a concrete table like the cinder blocks with plywood. Yeah, <laughs> we're on a conference call and we're trying to make it look like <clears throat> well, here at Hewitt, uh we have staff working on that right now. Yeah, and there's the, like three the backdrop us. falls yeah. down. <laughs> the backdrop falls. This is like classic <laughs> entrepreneurial stuff, right? And then Maria Jose wrote. We hired her for the year. She wrote the interface in three weeks because she's really gifted at creative stuff. Damn. So we're like, what are you gonna do the rest of the year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, and she's from vacation. Ec- yeah, she's from Ecuador. She, she has like the coolest action. She's like, I'm going to go find more clients. You know? Oh, yeah. And then so she pulled all her clients in and she was just doing graphic design. Oh, nice. And then we kept building user interfaces for all the global because we started picking up all these enterprises that BP was giving us. 
So we had Baku. We had a bunch of subsidiaries in Russia. I mean, it's terrifying for me because I don't even speak petroleum anything. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just the sales guy, literally the OxyClean guy. Um, it, was there a lot of like looking, just sticking, looking at you're just sticking things on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do it work. And there's I'd have these conference calls with all these engineers, and they'd be asking questions, and I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. one second, Ar- Ar- Arlen, <laughs> yeah, Arlen, <laughs> yeah. I text Arlen um, while I'm talking. I'm like, what is a? And there's all these technical terms. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, it's da da da. I'm like, sir, to answer that. Um, <laughs> and I, also, do you guys know how to start an LLC? Yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, <laughs> an unrelated note, <laughs> like our bank doesn't know. They like they they yeah. wouldn't cash our check. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised for yeah. like, opening. The LLC doesn't exist yet. I'm like, well, give it me w- 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, it will. So I it will. create the LLC. kind of does. You ever got a check. BP contract? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> and it kept growing. Yeah. Like, Damn. So we went from one BP client to over 100 clients in 18 months. Oh. So we had to hire all these CTG people that were like, well, we're going to work for you. So we had people in Russia, a couple of people in Anchorage. We had 16 employees. Sockland? Is that where... I don't know. We had yeah. People. That was where like all the well in Russia. That's where yeah. Big, and there was this huge workhouse of like. So we had another subsidiary we created in Russia that just did all the programming, hmm. and they'd come over and talk, and and we'd go back flying back and forth, and then on Maria Jose's side, she's like, I need help. So then we hired more graphic designers, and hmm. essentially we created an advertising agency to run the communications for the global side of BP. Gotcha. So essentially we. If you think about it, it's like a software company that has a really snazzy, gorgeous front interface. Like our website looked awesome. People thought we were huge. That's the secret. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> make your website look yeah. good. I always tell people that. Yeah. Start with a good website. So the interface was was good, and people thought we were way bigger than we were. Huh. Um, so it was, it was cool. So that uh, came to an end to some extent, yeah, right? Yeah, because eventually our interface, our, our operating agreement was never really solid. Because we're like, we just were crazy growing fast. Right. And eventually we're like, we need to um, spin off the communication side. And then so there's some, some mm-hmm. disagreements on like how this structure works now because, mm-hmm. you know, now we're, a mil- you know, we're doing two and a half million dollars in revenue and we never had a partnership agreement on who has equity. Right. Mm. So they were like, okay, well, this is awkward. Fudge. Right. Yeah. That's and by weird. then we had like 16 employees and we had people there all the time and then... I mean, I was a CFO by then, so I was, like, managing everything. And I could see the writing on the wall. I was like, this is going to come down crazy. Mm. Because by then I had five of my best friends working. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be be like the movies. Yeah. Yeah. We've been here since the beginning with you, Andre. Right. (laughs) How much do I get? Right. And then we're like, okay. And then this is, like, the part that did happen like the movies is one day I could just, stuff started to fester, and I went into work, and, like, Everything was gone. It was like the movie of Jim Carrey where like just the just the trees left, you know, like the printers were gone, like everyone decided just like to just take everything out. out, huh? Yeah. Now since I was a CFO, I had the fiduciary, you know, obligation to pay bills with le- that left me zero because the communications team left, the software team left, and then I'm in the middle. Damn. Jeez. So I was like, all right. And no one was answering their phones. It was weird. Um, that's awkward. Yeah. But that's I mean, shitty. That's a shitty end. Yeah. To something cool. De- devastating. So then none of, so we had five of my best friends. None of us talked to each other for oh, nine months, maybe. That's the worst. And so Marie Jose and Mikey, like they were my best friends and our kids all hung out together. So then this is like a, the cool part of the story that 
I think the context of spirituality would occur is like at some point you have to surrender your ego and your pride and be like, what is most important? You know, like mm. I felt like they, they hurt my feelings. <laughs> like, we're going to burn everything down. Hell yeah. We're never going to be friends. But then I'm like, man, life's too short. And we still built something awesome. Right. They were able to like carve out the communication side. The software side went with Arlen, right? So it was this big cataclysmic split. It really hurt. And I was like left holding the, the ficus yeah. <laughs> and, the, and like some toner cartridges. Yeah. Um, but because I split that LLC off and split it another one. So I kind of helped with the separation. But at the same time, it's super toxic because it's your best friends. It's mm -hmm. like there's resentment. Da, da, da. So seven months in, I called Mikey. I was like, hey, I need to go to counseling with your wife. <laughs> well, that's like super crazy, <laughs> yeah. right? But essentially, like, I was like, man, I'm hurt that you guys would do this. And then I told my, all of our friends, we kind of had a, a literal come to Jesus meeting of like, hey, we need to kind of figure out what to do next. And some people could, couldn't make that meeting mm. yeah, for so whatever like a group reason. group counseling meeting, yeah. essentially. And, and they couldn't make it for a variety of reasons. And you know, I can't speak for them on why, but I, I wanted to go. Because I think relationship really matters in business more than cash sure. and like the revenue. So I essentially I walked away, but I went to counseling with them. And like over the course of several sessions, we figured things out. And there's elements to it where you really want someone to like, oh, yeah, you want to you know how much pain I was in because you did it. You got to let it go mm. and be like, hey, I really appreciate who you are now. Let's just let it go. And I would say that that was my peripatetic moment then where it's like letting it go was this huge relief because I had so much ego involved in like what I thought I was worth and what I had built. And yeah. you always want people to know like, you know what, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. And that's just ego. Right. And uh, then some people would like, I've always heard ego stands for edging God out. People would say that because um, I thought I was in control and I built this big company, but I lost everything. Like I literally lost that entire company. Mm. Um, and I had to build it back by begging my best friends to like forgive me and like say, hey, can we be friends again? Because our kids are best friends. And my kids were like, dad, can we go hang out with, you know? Nope. Nope. I'm I'm full of pride and ego. You're not going to allow it. <laughs> We're never going to see them again. Couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And it wasn't just for my kids, but I recognized like life's too short. Like let's fix this and move yeah. on. We all went to Mexico last year together. To yeah. Playa del Carmen. Yeah. Paolo yeah, Carmen, and then we, we were talking about before, right? Which is an amazing. City. And then I picked them, their kids up at school, and like it felt like, is there a pain and sorrow back in that season? Yes, it like super hurt, and we and like we would be huge right now, I think, but we didn't have all our ducks in a row for mm -hmm. operating agreement, like fixing that. Like so, now when people ask me for <laughs> consultancy, I'm like, you want to do a partnership? Mm. Let me tell you a few things. Yeah. Do you ever? maybe throwing a jab or two when you guys are out together, like, Hey, <laughs> it would be, it would be so you're picking up lunch, much. right? Remember that one time <laughs> that one time cost me everything, everything, <laughs> all six figures. Yeah. Um, you remember that? I, it would be so, it would feel so good. Right. But for about 30 seconds. Yeah. And then you'd have that the whole damage thing that you've done yeah. for, for and then, doing that. And the crazy thing about business is you can try to convince people that aren't necessarily, business people about something but if they don't speak what they don't know what gap is right or what's EBITDA yeah or they don't understand the balance my here. love language right yeah, now. Yeah, no, <laughs> only yeah yeah um, generally accepted it's hard for them principles. to contemplate or understand and that's yeah. okay right, right and then I was okay to be like yeah I can move on yeah can move on and I'm just not gonna like I could say something but I'm not 
life's just too short. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I kind of, I was going to say, I kind of feel like business a lot of times. Now that I've been married for a few years, you're married, you're married. Like there's a lot that you learn from each of those business and marriage. And then you kind of apply them to Mm -hmm. both because like I look at my relationship with Steven with the podcast and everything. And I kind of have to apply what I've learned in marriage sometimes for us. Like, there's certain things to argue about. There's certain things to let go. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. And, like, there's a lot of things where it's, like, uh, you know, show appreciation for your significant other. Like, if Steven does something, it's, like, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't like to be told I did something good. Like, I don't need any praise ever because I'm just like, I'm on my, I'm on my road. I hide. Right. Right. But I feel like other people sometimes need to be affirmed. Affirmed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's the same thing like with my wife. I never expect her to tell me like, oh, way to go with the kids. But like, I always want to make sure she feels appreciated. So it's Mm. like, it's weird how there's this like correlation between marriage and business that like you apply a lot of the things you learn to each of those. I'm your right. work wife. Oh, yeah. God. I side just, hustle wife. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I tell side wife. the caveat is like <laughs> the business relationship is 100% performance. Okay, yeah. Like, you don't take the trash out. We got problems. Yeah. We're like, I oh, yeah. got busy. Didn't take the trash out, honey. It's like, okay. Um, and that correlations what I've always told people too is like it's performance oriented. Um, yeah. But either way, like the, the things I've learned from business where I had to walk away right. from that, you know, like the pride of like running this successful advertising agency to like that I had to swallow some stuff, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would imagine. Brace the suck as they say, or I just move on. Um, but that was just one of the, a couple other businesses that were similar to that. But if you think about it now, that company, like every, they have their own huge building now. They're just, cr- they're yeah, you super see it right creative coming right, into, right into the fire station. Downtown. Don't rub it yeah. in, Steven. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, no, no, but, but it's so big, like, dude. There's uh, a big huge. billboard on the side yeah. with their name on it. Yeah. And then where do you work now? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but like going full circle, like I have this, like where I've come with this is like every time I see something they publish, it, it goes out. Or even we're at dinner and they're talking about some big project they do. Yeah. I get this super deep sense of gratification right. oh, that they it. will never have yeah. or that they don't understand. That's fine. But it's like, you know, Alfred Frankel or uh, Victor Frankel, sorry, about like no one can take that from me. Mm. Like the satisfaction that um, they're successful and I was a part of it, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Right. And like th- that. It, there's nothing that no one can take that away. There's, that's like burning that ego a little bit. Yeah. That's taking that down a few notches. Cause you could, st- I mean, it's very easy to stay oh, up yeah. there yeah. and then to be mm-hmm. on your high horse. But once you get knocked off and you don't get back on again, I yeah. think that's the toughest part. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, I've never done what you've done, yeah. but I'm, a, I'm just as from outside looking in, I'm like, I would imagine that's very hard to get to that point, but mm-hmm. very rewarding. Yeah, as in like you're you're saying like yeah. it's painful. so gratifying, so painful. But Good then pain. like they're just see like they're published something and they're like, wow, we did this really cool video, won an award, and I'm like, I know I give the video hi- I worked on. Yeah, no, right, probably, probably. Right? probably. Yeah. And I give them hugs and high fives, and then I have a deep satisfaction that like I'm glad you're successful. Yeah, I really am. love that. Yeah, okay. it, it's cool. All right, so you you you, you know you, you threw a few nods to another business. So briefly talk about your other endeavors because i'm i'm very curious about this dipper donuts one too oh man because like what it's the dirty. fuck like you go from uh I know. software to uh communication advertising, advertising and like, to donuts to sugar 
Yeah, and I had, a, I had first a, off, I, yes, it was. Thank t- you. Like really quick, I had to like. There was points where I taste a donut and spit it out like a sommelier does wine. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, this quality is good. <laughs> Looked over patients, like, like customers looking at me. I'm like, no, 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 no it's really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's called diabetes. If I eat all these, no yeah. kidding. Uh, <clears throat> uh, let me see here because after I let me see, there's I have to like look at my own resume, and be like, what gap was there? Because yeah. at one point I was working for a lobbyist. That job was fun. Oh, that's right. Kyle did mention something about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it, did that come before or after? It was during. Okay. So tell so about like, both then. Really I was quick. like my own consultant and this really well-known lobbyist that I'll probably keep off the podcast oh. because, you know, you know, lobbyists are. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> well, okay. and, like lobbying, it's, we could do a whole podcast on lobbying. I mean, it's not I like feel like there's more <clears throat> podcasts about to happen. Yeah, it's not like House of Cards, part two, part three. Like, go cut these guys' break lines because they need to vote with us. Like, it's, yeah, it's not like that. It's just lots of posturing and and lots of money. Like, because it's like there's a lot of money. Yeah, like we're gonna write a check because we want this done. You're like, what, what? is it? What is that? Uh, Thank you for smoking. Yeah, that's like the most I know. Nick about Nailer. Lobbying. Yeah, Nick. Wow, that's good. Nick Nailer. Is that the character? No, I just made that up. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. yeah, it's a character, but it's like it's sculpting. <laughs> you're like sculpting the narrative. Yeah, like you're building this narrative yeah. about, you know, um, <clears throat> or what was the one that was someone was talking about? Oh, for instance, there was a bill that came out in lower forty eight or somewhere about it's an anti trans bill. Oh yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, and so immediately my lobbyist brain goes so It's not anti trans. It's someone on the other side would come up with it's pro. This. something mm-hmm. right, right? right and that's the narrative they have right. so then you're fighting narratives and then there's money involved yeah and lots of money <clears throat> lots of money and especially in that area right but i digress so i'm saying i i was working for this lobbyist having a good time because you you get to leverage your network mm-hmm. because you go talk to this person have coffee with this person and find out their position on this and then and then i did a lot more community-based lobbying instead of legislative lobbying so i'd, I'd be paid to go build a coalition and mostly my coalition was around healthcare. So like mm. at the time, they were trying to get rid of a lot of the um, like Affordable Care Act mm-hmm. in Alaska. It's costly, it costs too much money. But the people that were pushing for it were also not following data as much as, so it's opposition, you know, either side. Mm. <clears throat> and then most of my funding came from DC. Big, huge think tanks were just writing checks for wanting to protect the care, the healthcare in Alaska. Mm. So I built this big coalition uh, called Protect Our Care. <clears throat> and I went around the state building a coalition of different agencies and organizations saying we need to protect our health care. And you would think, like, that sounds very, very democratic, Andre. Are you a Democrat? I'm yeah. like, well, no, it has nothing to do with politics because, it, like, it's as much as it is. Just sounds good. Yeah. Sounds it, very POC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> protect our care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made a logo, built a website, you know, had coalition meetings and then reported to my, you know, my team in lower 48 and then yeah. D.C., Anyway, this job was a kick in the pants, and I learned a lot from this lobbyist. Um, he's a well-known lobbyist, been around a long time, um, and he's very bipartisan. That's what I like the best, is he'd take some people for this project and some people for that project, Republican, Democratic, didn't, didn't really matter. Um, so while I was doing that, I was finishing up working for an accounting firm, right? Because uh, I was on the State Board of Accountancy for almost a decade, and I'm not an accountant, but I could have tested to be one through mm-hmm. UAA, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to sit in a cubicle. <clears throat> so on the outcome of leaving the board, I joined an accounting firm to help them with their business development. So we went from like a garage to like a big accounting firm. Well, I helped them. That's what I do usually. Uh, <clears throat> so he was working in his garage. He's a very gifted forensic accountant. And I was like, man, you got to grow. 
So we built a building and like I helped him with that. So I was doing that project, working with the lobbyist and <clears throat> needing sugar in your life. Needing sugar. So <laughs> donuts come in, right? <laughs> and uh, at that time, I was helping him with his, some of his clients and one of them was Golden Donuts. Okay. So, I mean. Which for people that aren't in Alaska, it was. Prolific. Is uh, a phenomenal donut stuff. Lake Otis Tutor. Lake Otis and yeah. Tutor. Excellent donuts. Yeah. Excellent donuts. Um, and leaving some details out, um, like like I'd sit there and watch and work on how, work on their books. And I'm like, good grief, man. This is a lot of donuts they're moving. Like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars of donuts. I'm like, how are they? Light bulb. You know, and then <clears throat> my nerd in me is like, I wonder what their unit costs are. You know, <laughs> so you're doing their, their square footage by their yeah. income and their inventory costs. You know, I'm doing all this stuff. And just on my, what I could knew from the industry, you know, sitting there watching because I'm doing paperwork. It's like, good grief, they're crushing it. Yeah. Could you say roughly or, or is that kind of uh, I, I private? <clears throat> it's like confidential accounting information. Oh. Say it. No, sure. no. It. We'll say it after. It, it was, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> it, it it was enough for any entrepreneur to be, be like, like oh, okay. oh, that makes sense. I could, I could, do, I could do that. I could do <laughs> you know? Yeah, like uh, that. And then unfortunately, the owner died. Oh. Passed away. Right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, total bummer. Okay. And uh, so, and then we were still doing accounting. I was working on these other clients and like, it was diff disheartening to see like how a business who's like that family oriented just starts taking a dive. Mm. Right. And then other family members and people are trying to fill in the gaps and they're still doing okay. Um, but I was, and then people started approaching them and us and like, Hey, what do we want to buy them? And some of these offers, I was like, <laughs> whatever, uh, you know, I was like, there's no way they're worth way more than that. <clears throat> so then I approached my partner. I was like, Hey, uh, maybe we should buy him. He's like, he's like, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. I'm like, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you do that? It's donuts. And I was like, I got the unit cost and da, 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 da. I did the whole pitch. And he's like, well, it's kind of weird because we're, we're a client. I'm like, I'll leave. <laughs> I can gladly just leave, walk away from this and do this. Yeah. So I went out and got a seven a SBA 7A loan. Oh. Wow. And uh, I was like, I'm going to do gold You're donuts. serious. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy it. Went out and found the domains, which... Uh, this friend of mine, Cody Sanchez, that I follow on Instagram, it's technically considered what you call a boring business. Right. Like family-oriented is like donuts. You make, you make the donuts yeah. three, four in the morning. Um, leave all my jobs to go pursue this full-time because I wanted to re renovate the brand, like build a website, social media, and like fix the things I knew I could fix really well and then keep the baseline operations going because that wasn't broken. Like it ain't broke, mm -hmm. don't fix it. <clears throat> um Long story short, like for confidentiality reasons, like the deal fell through. Mm -hmm. And I'd probably have to say some of it was um, a difference in culture because the owners are not from here. They're like, they're from the Middle East. So there's some, and then, so the EBITDA gap principles maybe don't function the same way or exemptions. <clears throat> and without saying too much, let's say if you bought Apple, you'd have to buy all their cash, right? You can't just say, I'm going to buy your stock. You got to buy the cash. Mm. So in this case, I bought the assets and the cash because there was cash. It's a cash business. But the confusion was, is like, oh, but we're going to take our cash. Uh, oh, I'm sure that, that was, right. yeah. So if Steve Jobs is like, well, I'm gonna, here's your stock, but I'm taking all the cash. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I just paid for your cash because it's an asset. Yeah. That's what you buy in a business. Oh, okay. So there was confusion on like, well, we're going to take the cash. I'm like, that's fine. Take the cash. But 
Take it off of the price. Take it off of the price. <laughs> and they're like, well, no. I'm like, okay. Hmm. And this is after everything signed. I quit my job, oh. cashed out some mutual funds. Like everything was signed. So I was like, all right. So this wasn't this like breaching contract? Oh yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I had to go get an attorney. Right. And it's in and this is like people are like, I've been sued a lot and I've had to sue like not because Damn. I wanted to. I mean, you're, me you're doing something right, dude. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to go into business with this guy. I don't write this <laughs> You get sued a lot, Horton. And I was like, I've had to sue. Yeah. And they call it detrimental reliance. Because I like, to my detriment, and I relied on these physical signs, multiple times notarized documents. Yeah. The SBA like wrote a check and then, and, and, and. So I was like, all right. Yeah, so I like, come home with my wife. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're not quite in the donut biz. Right. <laughs> and I'm unemployed. Yeah, and yeah. like the lane on our house is still there, you know, like for this big SBA loan, I can't get my kidney back. Yeah, <laughs> they can't put it back in. Right. Uh, the SBA process was cool, by the way. I can always do that again. But um, so I just had to like walk away. Jeez. So then you're like, okay, lawsuits. I mean, I don't know where the legality is on a podcast talking about lawsuits, but essentially, like we don't either. Okay. That's <laughs> the fun part. So essentially, <laughs> if you're in a detrimental reliance, you could have forced them to sell. Oh, okay. Because, hey, you sign this document, like, you're out. Like, if someone, you give an earnest money and you're about to move, and then they say, like, oh, I don't want to sell my house anymore. Like, right. well, all my kids yeah. in my U-Haul right here. Yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do? So I had the quandary. Like, I can force them to sell, but then it would wreck the business. Because now they're forced to leave something they, in my opinion, believed honestly that they didn't want to sell because they didn't understand the full metric of the deal. Mm. Right. And I was like, all right, how about we just figure out closing costs and I walk away Yeah. instead of the full sale price, which was way uh, more Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for what I knew the cash operations were worth. And like at that point she was a widow. I'm like, all right, Horton, what are we going to do? Yeah. I'm going to start a competitor crusher. <laughs> <I know. laughs> well, I had like a, so I knew, I mean, by then I knew so much about donuts because I was just, I'm one of those all in guys. Right, right. So I just walked away. I had like some closing costs and like, and I was still doing my other businesses kind of. So I just kind of ramped them up a little bit to cover my, my parent, my uh, parenting costs, <laughs> right. adulting costs. Uh, and my wife's like, what are we going to do? And yeah. she's never been like that ever. She's always like, you're figured out, Horton. Yeah. I'm going to go to my room and work or, you know, she's just, yeah. you know, social worker. She's very oh. resilient. I know who yeah. life coach, social worker. Yeah. Um, got, so she's got stories. So I went back and it's like ramped up more lobbying stuff. And then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own donut place. <laughs> and it was like, there wasn't any compete clause. I mean, right. Golden donuts is an amazing brand. They make good stuff. Yeah. Like cool family. And that's like no hard feelings. I just, just didn't it, work out. Just that's didn't work nice. out. They that's didn't, nice they didn't get it. Like again, right? it's very easy. You could, you could, you yeah. could look like, down oh, yeah. ego. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? And I could have forced them. It's like, why is there so much arsenic in the donuts? Like, you know, right. not that they would do that, but it's just like, why, why risk that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the brand damage you could do, right? Yeah. Um, so then I went and like the the rebrand I had done for a Golden, I was like, well, I already paid so much money to rebrand and build the website because I was already getting that teed up. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I can spell a different word. <laughs> so I so I went all kinds of different uh, names. I couldn't come up with a name for another donut place. And I had a buddy. Uh, I was like, I can't think of a name. And he pulled his pants down, and he had a big, huge dipper, like the big dipper on his butt. He's like, why do you call it Dipper Donuts? <laughs> and uh, Wes, oh. you, know, you know who you are. 
You know who you are. I was gonna say we need that guy on. Yeah, <laughs> he, is, he is a fun. He, oh, dangerous. I wonder. Like, I wonder. We probably don't know. We might know. Probably. It's a Maybe. small town. He was yeah, here a probably. couple times, and like he's been an executive of different companies. Like he's around our age. Hilarious. Okay. Our, he, he's. Wonder. Oh. That might be some. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Anyway, after. that's an interesting story. <laughs> so I was like, that's where Dipper Donuts came from. Love it. So I took a little of the proceeds from. You didn't put that in your marketing. I'm surprised. I know. Yeah. I have a picture of him, just the uh, butt. And I was going to say, you should have made a butt donut. That yeah. should have like been the, the logo. Yeah. Yeah. So a I brought it back donut. to him and then yeah. showed it. And he's like, oh, it's Dipper Donuts. And at the time, I was, <laughs> I had still doing photography and I photographed a wedding for this uh, woman who was a pastry chef. Mm. She was like, went to France to be a pastry chef. And I was like, you, we should start a donut place and you make all the donuts you want and I'm just going to set it all up. Mm. Done. So at night, after my lobbying job, I'd go from into this lease on Spinard and be in there from like eight o'clock at night until four in the morning. I remember yeah. watching that. Yeah, putting in, like I had to build a commercial kitchen. Oh, wow. And I didn't go to commercial kitchen building school. Right. Oh wow! Like yeah. this is straight up YouTube. Stephen did. Yeah, Stephen. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like I had to, the the municipality said I had to put in another set of bathrooms. Oh right, because you, right, you have to have a customer one and the. Well, I said to have two, given the size of the building. Oh, so I um, I at two in the morning I had a concrete saw and I was cutting into the pipe, like cutting into this trough to move the septic line. And I'm cutting, and I'm all there by myself, listening to tunes, had headphones on, this machine's loud, and I'm like cutting it, and all the water starts turning black and stinking. I'm like, dude, what is this? What did I cut I into? I cut through the main sewer line oh, for the building. Geez. Oh, Because I was in the no. middle. So I'm spraying sewer water all over the place inside of my... This icing's going to taste weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I, so I cut yeah. this, and then I realized like, oh my goodness, I cut into the sewer line. So I have to quickly cut a bigger hole, and this is like one in the morning, two in the morning. Oh, no. Dig out, drain all the sewer water out, and then put a Y in and like fix the main lines before all the other restaurants and businesses open and start flushing toilets. Oh, do that. Put it, it, I, this is entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> put the toilets in, get them, you need to sign off. We build a brand. Like it was cool to see the, um, the amount of people that cared about the brand and myself. Right. Like not the, from this ego perspective. Like, oh. Uh, uh, but a lot of it was influenced by Dale Tran, yeah. the oh, former yeah. CFO. Yeah. He's like, Andre, you got to do donuts, you know? And we spun, we hung out a lot. He liked photography too. And he was just always a giver, Dale Tran was. <clears throat> and just always giving vision to things and giving you any kind of resources you need. Mm -hmm. And same with um, like the entire Claudie crew. They're always like, and <clears throat> yeah. so at one point they're like, okay, we're going to get all your donuts in our stores. No way. Yeah. And, Damn, that's huge. Right. Um, Tim Gravel just like, cool, like... He's an entrepreneur, so everyone thinks just because Claudie's been around, he's like constantly reintroducing and like reinventing himself and the brand. Like yeah. they've survived a lot. If you think about, we want to have Tim and Brad on. Oh yeah, they'd Both be good. Of them. Yeah, and Michelle and Michelle. Total, total. Actually, the whole the whole yeah. crew, dude. They they'd be a kick in the. We're pants. doing a round yeah. table. Yeah, <laughs> that actually, well, yeah, that's ideas we have too. Yeah, We're but doing talk about tables. Starbucks and like you know, and like there was this thing in business school where people would always ask, you know. American Express, like, well, what do you think about Visa and MasterCard? And they would always respond with, like, we don't care about Visa and MasterCard. We care about cash, mm. which is like this mind job. And I think the Claudi brand's the same way. Like, what about Starbucks? Yeah. We don't care about Starbucks. We care about Kirkland or something different than what you'd possibly imagine. They've created an amazing brand. So, like, part of that relationship with him and Claudi is like, oh, we're going to help you out, get you in the stores. <clears throat> and um, long story short, leaving parts out, like, I acquired a business partner 
And this goes back to like, I made a mistake twice. Didn't have an operating agreement that was as solid as it needed to be. Same what happened with the prior company. Uh, mm. Got sued to leave, essentially. Mm. So then I was like, okay, you're going to, I started this. This is my business. Yeah. I started it. You know, like this is the whole pride and ego thing. You again. better not. You better not. That's funny I'm that swear you say that. Right. Jason. Swear. Right. Jason like, Klein's a lawyer now, right? Oh, I don't goodness. know if you know that. No. He set up our LLC <clears throat> for this. Right. And he said, do you guys have an operating agreement? And I said, no, because I'm going to screw over Steve. Right. We're going to wait until <laughs> it's just about successful and then That's we're, a, we're yeah. out. Right. Don't tell the crap that, out of Steven. Yeah. Right. And like, this was my it's idea the whole time. <laughs> right. And so I kind of had one. Like, we've always kind of had one. But yeah, you got to, yeah. you don't have to make this It was this, verbal? Like, yeah, ver it was a napkin. <laughs> yeah. You know? and it doesn't yeah. have to be this super, like, 50-page document. It's just like, hey, if I want to leave, what, how do I leave? Right. Mm -hmm. And when can I leave? And then what do I get? Right. Or, and what do I have to pay you? Mm -hmm. And then that's one thing. And the second thing is like, do you, I mean, maybe you guys are, I don't want to be hindsight, but like, why be 50, 50? Because mm. it's like a marriage. It's like I, I for the, the, the issue with the donut thing is like, we couldn't decide if it was blue or cobalt, crimson or red. Mm. Right. Like, because no one's really deciding. So if the 51% yeah. makes the final call. Yeah, and it doesn't right. mean you have to be the asshole and be like, well, I'm the 51%. Because <laughs> just like a marriage. Ego, baby. You know, it's not yeah. like, you know, if people, I don't tell my wife, like, you know what I'm going to do? And then when my wife responds with, you can do whatever you want, that does not mean you should go do it. Yeah. Like, we know that. So it's not like. Let me write that down. Yeah. No, right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so it's yeah. not like in business yeah. where it's like, just because I have the 51% doesn't mean I'm going to use it. Yeah. Right. But if we really need to make a decision, I'm going to make sure that you trust me and that I, you're okay with it, even though that I can pull the rank. Right. We're but, doing 49, 49. 49, 49, no, right? And you had, like, it, just it, the other 2% is crowdfunded. <laughs> we don't even know. Just somebody else has it. Right. But it's just like, it's I mean, but, but not everything's like that. And it worked really well for a long time until mm -hmm. like there was this idea of moving the business in a different direction and like, it's stressful. Yeah. And like not yeah. every business partner can handle this. Like I handle stress really well. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> then I can handle all these eccentricities. Like how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to pay for that? I'm like, I'm just going to keep printing money in the basement. Yeah. And then at that point, yeah. like the part that our business partnership is, if you need capital, how do you get it? And then are you both going to go in on the same or like, do you have, I always call it friends, fools, and family that are going to give you money. Mm. And mm. there were some parts of it where I had way more friends, fools, and families than the other partner. Right. So then, then I was like, well, something happens. Yeah. How do we get that back? Yeah, sure. And then I'm going to be on the line for it, but that person's not. So it's kind of like, just like my other business, I'm realizing like, oh my goodness, we're at 30,000 feet and we just lost both engines. Are there enough parachutes? And then how do you get out of it? Yep. Um, and then essentially the other business partner got another business partner that I didn't know about. Shit. Yeah, right? <clears throat> and they had money though. So I was like, all right, called my attorney back, the one that I had used prior. <laughs> Andre again. Horton uh, <laughs> hey, uh, on line two again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the sugar uh, business is not going good. Yeah, not <laughs> advertising and then sugar and I was like I need um how much do you get an hour how much is this phone call <laughs> yeah. uh, he's a really good attorney by the way and I, I did find that out after so many lawsuits like you get what you pay for oh yeah yeah I could see that <laughs> yeah I wrote some big checks and I'm like oh my goodness <laughs> uh during all these lawsuits uh and his advice was like just walk away 
Again. I was like, again? You told me this last, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Like, are you gonna, wait, again? There's no way. I mean, I could do that job though, yeah. too, you know? It's like, just it, walk away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could have been like, oh, yeah, it's going like, to be. The other business 000. partner was an attorney. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to get sued 40 ways to Sunday or whatever they say, yeah. 40 ways to Sunday every day, all the time until this is done or no one has any more money. Right. And we've destroyed the brand. Uh, and right? each other. Yeah. And each other. And it's like a small town. It's like a shootout in a small saloon. I didn't want to do it. I was like, not again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of this. And then I had these, you know, like the notebook I write outside when it's raining and you're just screaming like, I had some spiritual. What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? And there were some spiritual parts to this that I absolutely hated. Like, and this is also I learned in my life too, that I think people think our creator can't handle our anger. You know, like, did you, did you go outside and yell at God? I'm like, sure did. I was so angry that why would he let this happen to me twice? Right? So you yeah. can learn. He's big. <laughs> He's big. He can you're take gonna it. Be, you're going to be Job. He can take it. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I always think when we were raised, it's like this very pious and gracious thing. Like, dear God, I'm just, it's, it's okay. Yeah. And I was angry. Mm. But like part of my anger was like, why would you? do this second time in a row i'm a i'm an mba i've worked hard you know yeah. the, the woe is me self-pity yeah. navel gazing and then uh my wife came in one morning and i was still fighting I'm like, oh yeah she's getting nine there's no way i'm gonna give this up she's like just let it go and i just cracked like just the full body shaking weeping called the attorney i was like our, our settle i'm out and i walked yeah. away just left the whole business for Just my business partner. One more donut yeah. before you go kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing too is like the pastry chef just was my friend. She wasn't oh, a business partner. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, a friend. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I can't tell you. She's make like, me one to go. Yeah. I was like, I can't tell you. She's like, I think I know what's going on. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the one of the key things I learned from that is uh, I went on to do more business consulting and some people are really nervous about sharing their business ideas with people. And I always tell people what I learned. steal them. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're stealing them. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, the lear the thing I learned from that donut debacle was what we call borrowed vision. So like, if I'm going to like, tomorrow I'm going to call you and be like, hey man, I'm going to make a podcast and I'm going to come up with like a slightly different name than you guys and just call it, you yeah. know, Andre's da-da-da-da. It's going to be called borrowed vision because I right. will never have the intellect, the passion for what you guys are doing right. to do this. Right. It will fail. And not if. But when it fails, because it's bar I can't borrow your vision. Right. So people come in and talk to me about it. It's like, well, it's a secret, Andre. I don't want to tell anybody. I'm like, you can tell me because guess what? I don't want to do it. And if I did, <laughs> it would fail. Yeah. Because I'm not wired like you are. I didn't have the same failures as you had. I'm not, I was the, you know, the fat little black kid that made it doing this, this, and this. But that story is my own. But I can't make my story work for your story. Right. And how you have this vision, how you have this passion to be who you are is a perfect journey no one else can duplicate. And I say, everyone's got a story. And it's, and it's the coolest thing about humans is like, I can't be like, oh, my story is just like yours. No, it's not. It's so unique. You can't even beat it. Um, so this whole borrowed vision thing is what I believed is someone assuming like, oh, I'm going to take this business that who didn't, they didn't found it. They didn't have the idea. They didn't go through the loss and sorrow of golden donuts. Yeah. That I and did. the research, the everything research that goes into and the business. passion yeah. and the branding and the hustle for yeah, the branding, kingship. branding was really good. I do remember the branding. Oh man. Uh, Mike Kirkpatrick. 
He was just we, on we here. Had him on oh, he was here. Yeti Designs. Yep, dude, it's he funny. worked hours. On I it. just hired him to make me a logo, and yeah. I have an email in my inbox right yeah. now. Next level. <laughs> Love I it. mean, then you would think you're like, well, why didn't I hire my own friends at Uet to do it, right? Yeah. And like, funny thing is, like, there's different. I didn't I, think that, but okay. Yeah, like <laughs> I felt it. bad initially, like kind of shame, like maybe I should talk to my other friends. But like Kirkpatrick is about. He's like that. He uses typography. Yeah, you know, Mike's great, man. Yeah, I, he uses. He just come up with stuff. I'm like, dude, do it. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, I'm a designer first before oh, well, almost before film, and like, dude, Mike's stuff. I'm just like, dude, how did you? Okay, you know okay. what? Like, I get. Yeah. It. He's, he's really creative great. zone, and like, he did the golden, <clears throat> and then I'm like, dude, we got to figure out. Can we get Dipper to fit that? He's like, I can do it. Yeah, showed him a picture of my buddy's butt with the dipper. He's like, "Okay, I get it. That's a nice, that's a nice butt." <laughs> yeah, and, that's I, a and nice. the thing is, like, I talked to him specifically. I was like, "Here's what I want. I want to create a brand that looks like the donut shop you you went to with your grandpa." Mm. Oh, you know it. that whole like vision Art it. Deco kind of, you know, and then it looks like a franchise, but not really, right? But it looks like something that's been around for sixty years. Oof. Because you shouldn't check, start check a, check right, and you shouldn't start a plan or business any business without an exit plan. Yeah. Which was like, I'm gonna build, I'm gonna build this and then sell it, or build it and merge, or like that was my plan with Dipper, as I'm like three more stores and like I do wholesale side with Claudi, and then who knows where it goes. But no, because I think people, you know, this happened at, at Uit too, was like people have different outcomes they want in an exit. Mm-hmm. So one of the business partners like, well, I'm gonna pass this on to my kids, and I was like, please no, because I'm a business partner, but I don't want to. Deal with your kids. Deal with your kids. Yeah. Not yeah. that they're not awesome kids, but that's 15 years from now. Right. So then it's like they watch too much Tron or something, you know, where yeah. like, I'm going to pass this on. But then I, I can't fault them for wanting to pass along a legacy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but we also know that just because your parents did a cool job at a business doesn't mean that your skill do set it. isn't right. always yeah. passed along. Like, I don't want to do what dad did. But in the meantime, I will be at a detriment because I have to deal with the psychological ramifications of your kids not wanting to do what you want to do, but they're a business partner that I have to negotiate with. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, so I was going with that. It's just like this business partnership can be sticky, but I always built plans to exit before you start. Oh. Like, how do you want to exit? So if you guys even like, man, this can yeah. be a national syndicated podcast. You know what I mean? And I can just go way beyond what this is, but yeah. it's cool to dream and have a vision for that, but also have an exit. Sure. I already got hard. mine. <laughs> I was say, you got yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If Me and Jason, uh, the operating <laughs> agreement, you don't even need to yeah. see it. We're going to buy out the other yeah. 2% <laughs> yeah. that we can't figure yeah. out about. Yeah, I um, uh, love it. But anyway, that it was the demise of that brand a little bit. Um, looked like the borrowed vision idea. Yeah. Because it wasn't, you know, not to say that I'm the only OxyClean guy around, but like I, I lived, breathed that brand and the passion for building the business. <clears throat> and it, that's the part in hindsight, like, like they can't take away. Yeah, I love that. Like, it was cool to like start with, we didn't even open and we had like 4,000 followers. We had people pounding on the doors. I remember. We were out, we sold out of donuts and like by 10. I mean, we'd yeah. be there at 4 a.m., but. I, I but well, didn't open. I remember yeah. the big buzz around Dipper Donuts. Yeah. I just like remember being like, well, what's going on here? Why is it? Wow, this is local? Okay. Yeah, local. And like, I do remember thinking. Ingredients, it's like, funny. I was like, oh, there's a franchise. I do remember yeah, thinking that because. Uh, winning. I was big into branding. <laughs> right. at that time. Still am. But like I was big into branding. And I was like, this this isn't local. But no, it was. And that's another thing too. Like Alaska, I think we've had like w- when we had Mike on, I was like, you know, they Alaska, when it comes to design stuff, we don't really spend that much time or spend yeah. that much money. It's like, uh, make it in word. 
right? right. Clippy can make it. Yeah. Like Fiverr. Yeah, Fiverr <laughs> or like 99designs, which I am guilty of back right. in the day for sure. But like when someone actually puts time and effort into like a local business and it's really well branded and you're like, whoa, something's up here. Right. Something's going on. I would have to say he spent a lot of time. I mean, the amount of money, like a usual logo cost, and then there's the logo he created for Dipper and for Golden. Yeah. Like, and I, some parts of me are like, he came up with it kind of fast. I'm like, oh, he must have got someone in the Philippines to like come up with the preliminary, you know? And I feel smart, horrible thinking that the Mike, first time. Smart, Mike. But that, he did that's it. That's what he did. He sketched out yeah. this, like, he had like the vellum paper and like the whole, I felt horrible thinking he would even do that, but he wrote, did that from scratch. He's got, I've seen it because we had a meeting not too long ago. He's got his field notes notebook just filled with little sketches. Right, right. That's what we were doing. We were just yeah. sitting there and I was telling him my idea of this like brand that I'm building. And he's like, okay, so we could do this and we could yeah. do that. He's like, a real deal. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I yeah. fucking love that <laughs> Slam shit. Slam his book down and leave. I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess that, uh, talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. I'll bill you. <laughs> yeah. 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 But he, he did an amazing work. And, you know, yeah, I'd use did. him again in a heartbeat. Um, okay. So, you know, we, we've taken up a lot of your time. Oh, my time. Oh, this has been great. It flew I mean, by. And Honestly, we only got the donuts. I know. That's I know. A, well, that's the thing. And I mean, we did talk about, um, you know, what you're doing now a little bit, like mm -hmm. in the, kind of the beginning. Um, and there's so much. And I, I think we'll definitely have to have a part two. Okay. We're definitely realizing with a lot of these guests is like we don't even hit like the, the like, oh, well, we wanted to, we, like there's actually like multiple people that we've had on recently. And it's like, oh, we didn't even get to like the religion aspect because we oh, love yeah, talking yeah. about that stuff. And so, yeah, like even you said it earlier in the podcast, like we could talk about that one topic for a podcast or that one topic mm -hmm. for a podcast. So we could do it for a long time. Um, but okay. So you, you, you've done all these things, you know, um, you're a fireman now, which is freaking awesome. I think, um, it's fun. What what's next? Give a little well, go fix yourself exclusive. When I left Dipper and I was doing all this stuff, I had these post-it notes I wrote all over my everything that would say do it again. And I said these stickers that say do it again, do it again, Meaning, just do it again. Like just don't like let like a, a business I wouldn't call it a failure. It's easy for us to look at like right. the fourth grader and be like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm not the smartest kid in the room. Mm. Andre, good, like look good at the entirety of your life. I wouldn't say it was a failure. You just had a whole lot of hiccups yeah. and missed three pointers, but you still are winning to yeah. some degree. Like yeah. I'm still here. I'm still enjoying my life. Right. So it's not necessarily a, a loss. Little uh, Andre. You little got Andre. sued 40 times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look at you. Like how many <laughs> times? At and you. Then I remember one lawsuit, like the amount we spent on attorney fees was far beyond what we even got. Oh, man. One of those. Been there how it Never goes. been there. Yeah. I was like, wait, we paid this guy 30 I grand. We got, got $6,000 back. I'm getting his attorney. I'm going to get <laughs> swear to do it. I'll get different donuts, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is good. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> He, he walks in like an attorney in the movies. I'm like, oh, look at that briefcase. <laughs> Damn. Got, I paid for that. Maybe, anyway. a little, <laughs> yeah. maybe a little too big suit or it's either it's either yeah. a little too big or it's just perfectly tailored. Yeah. There's like two lobbies to the, you know, yeah. the first to lobby and then the second lobby. And Ooh. then, you know, a lot of glass. A lot um, of glass. There's a waterfall in there. <laughs> yeah, waterfall. Koi pond. Uh, and koi, yeah, it's everything. Yeah. They charge for paper clips, yeah. but they're good paper clips. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, these stickers I have like do it again. And there's this weird parable that maybe you guys would understand is when there's people out fishing in the Sea of Galilee and Jesus yells at them like, throw your nuts on the, on other, the other side. side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think if I was a dirty fisherman, I'd be like, you know what? 
<laughs> Screw <laughs> you. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking Jesus. about? There's yeah. some guy in a toga out there telling me to yeah. put my net on the other side of the boat. Yeah. yeah. I've been out here all night. Don't tell me what to do. Why don't yeah. you walk out here and tell me that? Yeah, well, yeah, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's walking. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. We didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't apologize for walk out here. <laughs> Why don't you walk out here? And that would be a funny video. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you come say that's my face. You know they've got whiskey out there. You know what? Come on. You tell me. Jesus, you know, they had something. Yeah. Right. I'm sure. So then they're like, okay, fine. We're going to take our nets out and put them on the other side of the boat. (laughs) You know, they were like, they were so angry and then we got capsized. Yeah. And it was this, it is this mere idea of surrender to like, all right. Okay. Okay. You know, like I'll try it one more time. Do it again. Just because I believe that I've never been let down. Like I've been sued. I've lost businesses. I'm still here. Right. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'll put my nets in their side of the boat and see what happens. That's the do it again part. Right. So it's it's more like, it's not so much the destination for you. It's, right. the, it's the journey of trying things over and mm-hmm. over again. Yeah. Little nuances here of new things, but you just, is it just liking the idea of creating something out of nothing, essentially, yeah. like the business world is? Yeah. And it doesn't really, it doesn't sound like it matters what it is. Yeah. It's just creating something creating something right and so and the, and the funny thing is working at the fire department gives me like how our hours are i have lots of time to like look out the window and be like i'm gonna do it again right yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the coolest freeing part about the job it's still a full-time job like we work three thousand hours a year but how the hours are structured i have time to think right and you plan brain, and brainstorm and brainstorm and stra- okay. I, have, I have a thick journal of ideas and then in the meantime uh, like the side hustles i've created already are starting to materialize so like, can I, you tell us oh, what yeah. some of them are? You guys know what Richie Brothers are? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, the auctioneers. Yeah, yeah. So I was out. I have some land in Willow, and I kept renting excavators to like build my lot, mm. cut trees down, and I was renting excavators every weekend. I'm like, man, this is getting expensive. So I'm driving past Richie Brothers. And I'm like, man, there's excavators there. I drive in there. Don't tell my wife again. And there's all these old guys with like Kenworth hats on, yeah. doing an auction. I'm like, man, that one's that's just like the one I have. <laughs> I started yeah. walking through, and I, I'm gonna go register and see what happens. I win an excavator for twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, not I, bad. Yeah, and I was like, man, this thing is sweet. Yeah, not bad. I have no idea how to move it or operate it. Yeah, <laughs> but I was renting them, so I'm like, yeah, it's a little John Deere. I can yeah. figure out. And uh, go home and tell my wife. I'm like, okay, here's what happened. Borrowed a little bit of our money. Somebody kidnapped me and made me buy, <laughs> made me buy an excavator. <laughs> Crazy. And I had like a trailer. So I, I, I go back to Richie Brothers to pick it up. And everyone's looking like, did you see that black guy over there? He's going to try to load that excavator <laughs> into that trailer. Yeah. And he has and no idea like, what I'm he's doing. show them. Yeah, I'm going to show them my pride and ego. Oh, yeah. Dude, my truck comes off the ground <laughs> and it starts rolling. Oh, oh my um, God. And all these guys are like, um... And everyone's kind of standing back, so I start rolling towards everyone else's stuff. Oh, no. I was like, I think if I go forward faster, my back tires on my truck will stop. So, right. So I keep driving, Science. and it stops. And But then the whole point of my ego and pride, I get out and look, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I do that every time. I had it under control. It does that every time. Typical yeah. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so I started this excavator, and then people, my buddies, were like, hey, you got an excavator? I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you come do this thing? And as a business person, I like, I wouldn't say I hate it, but I, I try not to sell my hours. Right. You only have so many hours a day. You want to have like a product. Right. It's like it, you can sleep at night and you're making money, cash flow. Look at that. Passive yeah. income. Passive income. But Alaska, this is the craziest thing, is like we're just different. Like sometimes we have to find things that work. So right now I have this excavator and, and a 
and a dump bed, essentially. So then I'm like, okay, I need a bigger trailer. Found a bigger trailer. Then I went to Ritchie Brothers in Bakersfield, California. And okay, I'm like, you're I need a semi-tractor. That's what I'm going to do. Honey, I got kidnapped again. <laughs> yeah, I got kidnapped again. <laughs> they flew me. And, no, no, I, Tara, I, was like, I was like, my wife's here. I was like, Tara, I won. She's like, there's no such thing as winning an auction. Yeah. <laughs> this means but you that, have to no, pay. Yeah. No, you no, weren't no. there. I got a good deal. You She's weren't like, there. what kind of deal is this? I'm like, it's a semi-tractor. It's got 200,000 miles on it. It's in Bakersfield, and I paid 12 grand again. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Right. So Not I, bad. So I, I fly down to Bakersfield, California, and that snowpocalypse happened in California. Oh, oh, yeah. So I'm driving. Oh, that was recently then. Yeah. Okay. So I drive it up, and, I, and I'm driving through Redding, California. I'm like, where? Is this snow? <laughs> yeah. And like, I must be back in Alaska. Yeah. There's, everyone starts going off the road because there's black ice. <laughs> I pull into a hotel. I'm like, I'm stopped. This is good. Open the door the next day, and there's just snow, like feet oh, of snow. This is like a This is like a farm town. <laughs> so my fuel gelled, like couldn't start the truck. Oh, uh, no. And I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to drive it up the Elkan. No. I go to Seattle. Put it on the barge. <laughs> Enough of that. So I have a semi-tractor that pulls the excavator now. Oh, So it's oh, like a dirt man. work company because... What are you calling it? Dipper, Dipper... Yeah, Dipper, Dipper ex- Works, Dipper... <laughs> Dipper Excavator. I actually, I got in an argument with the state of Alaska because I wanted to call it DRT.Works. Okay, yeah. Okay. And people are like, that sounds like, like a lot of other companies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sounds like every other company. Yeah, <laughs> so then I was like, how about we just change it to DRT? So my wife is a graphic designer. She made these cool logos. Oh, so it's just yeah. called DRT, which, I mean, unofficially, that sounds like, looks like dirt. Dirt. Yeah. But I got the, I convinced the state of Alaska to do just DRT. What's your, what's your domain name? DRT.works. Nice. We're dirt. Yeah, dirt, we're we, DRT. Do, we, do, we do dirt work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not dirt up works. yet. I, so that's the other thing I have to like finish the website. But like that's that's the new thing. I that's try not to like just right now. It that's was crazy, it man. was a cash thing. Like man, I need a I need a side hustle because I want to clear my land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I got the thing, and now people are like, "Can people put this culvert in for me? Can you put a pad in? I need an RV pad for my toys." You know. Yeah. I mean, that's how it happens, though, right? right. That's how. Like, I mean, like, freak, dude. I was like. Well, I was talking about YouTube. Yeah. I was doing YouTube just as a fun thing. And then people were like, oh, can you make my business a video? Right. And I was like, there you go. I guess, yeah. It's yeah. going to be and, 500 yeah. bucks. And I would have never thought, like, I'm not Johnny Farber excavator. But I've always been really good with equipment mm. of any time. Like, when I was building Dipper, I was like, oh, ah, yeah, like when you here. when you, like, put the excavator in your truck. Like, yeah. you're really good. <laughs> well, you're good. Come on. Everyone's I mean, watching. Like, they're like holding their cameras up like they're trying to film yeah. me just make me onto YouTube. Yeah, this is oh, going on. Yeah. It's yeah. going on world star. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I just, entrepreneurship's fun because you just got to figure it out. Yeah. I love I, it. I do love entrepreneurship. I'm a big advocate. And it's funny because my friends, uh, we were at Willowall one night and they were all like talking on the table. And then I was talking to, you know, this side of the table. And then I joined the other side and they're like, oh, we're just talking about how you want all of us to start our own yeah. businesses and you won't shut up about it. And I'm like, honestly, you could pay me. Thank you. But don't you think it's possible? <laughs> like almost like you look at our economy right now, like right. you had to like these, these Jerry Springer final thoughts, <laughs> like the amount of businesses that support our GDP, for instance, mm-hmm. are millions and millions and millions of small businesses. Not GE, not Ford. Right. It's all the mom and pops. Yep. All these small businesses. Little guys. We have more mass than anybody else. But I also believe everyone's got a story. And that correlates to like, if I could give you the right training, if I could convince you that you have an entrepreneurship vein in your body, would you embrace it? And that's one thing like that. That's Americanism. 
like mm-hmm. as I call it, like that is very unique to Americans. Like you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. And I understand that, uh, I always tell people like the people that know how work for the people that know why there's always someone out there. That's the how person, but then there's also the whys. And mm-hmm. I'm a how person when I work for the fire department. I don't know why, cause I'm a, just a firefighter, but then there's engineers, there's captains, senior captains, battalion chiefs all the way up. So I just like, we're going to go put the fire out. I'm like, okay, I, I can do that, <laughs> you know, but they're the why. But in entrepreneurship, I can convince people that you could also be a why. Right. But you have to know what your passion is. Mm. And my passion, believe me, is probably not dirt work excavation. But my passion to like fulfill a need and work with heavy equipment is. Yeah. Like I don't want to start Hickle Construction 2.0. Make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to make some money and do some cool retaining walls and culverts. Yeah. And like a lot of it goes back to the small business part of me. Like I want my kids to see that, Hey, you don't have to go, you know, stereotypical right. school, yeah. college. Don't have to fit the, career. Yeah. the, the trades. Like, the I have a buddy who's a welder. I guarantee you his total amount of income he's made over his career compared to mine, given my academic route is far surpassed. I mean, given oh, yeah. I've been sued a whole bunch and all right, that right. stuff, but like <laughs> Minus just continuous got experience. Right. Yeah, the trades are, yeah. you know, they're coming out on top lately. We used to like, we're going to go to King Career Center. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It used to be frowned upon. Right. Now small it's like. engine. Oh, you're going to make some bank now. Yeah. yeah. I know a guy who runs a small engine a shop. He's like, he's like, I can't, I can't help you. Why not? He's like, look, you look back and he's like, oh my goodness, that goes way back. I think it's like three acres of small engines back yeah. there that yeah. he has to work on. Um, so in Alaska, that's the coolest thing about us is like. We're outliers. We have yeah. to kind of be very creative and like, I would have never thought about donuts in low 48 because there's other things that I could probably aspire to, but up here I was forced to have to kind of consider that. Yeah. Same with podcasts. Right. I mean like, oh, we're not in low 48, we have, we're not super sexy in LA. No, 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 no. We've yeah. got crazy people that will make amazing stories up very here. sexy. Yeah, you guys, just have to, you guys are finding them. That's the thing. Yeah. I think one thing, I mean, I always tell people about Alaska and I've said it on here before is like, Alaska has opportunity mm-hmm. because you know you, you know you go down to the nearest big city say seattle and there's uh you know a million people in 100 miles trying to do the same thing you're doing maybe, right. maybe the same exact thing you're doing mm-hmm. i always you know i'm a filmmaker so it's like i always you know go from personal experience but i, I moved down to seattle and then there's there's a ton of me yeah, and it's, it's ultra like, competitive it, it very much so and so for me it's like it would be a harder grind to get up or I can stay in Alaska, build my, you know, mm. brand, whatever it is, donuts or filmmaking or whatever, dancing. I don't care. Yeah. And like you Carve build out a it, niche. You, exactly. You build it up mm. here and you have the opportunity because there is not many. Mm. There's like literally for filmmakers, and this is what I know, is like there's 15 of us. Yeah. I, was like, I can count them on my hands, the ones that I actually know. Exactly. There's not many. Right. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about Alaska is like, you know, you can do donuts yeah. because we don't have a Dunkin' Donuts. Right. We don't have really a Denny's, you know? It's like we, we don't really have that, like, breakfast spa or whatever. So, like, donuts is possible to do this. Right. And it's, that's the cool thing about Alaska. I'd, I would go back to Golden if they took me. Yeah. I, I think that brand's, like, going back to this, like, these. there's lots of brands in Alaska that have been around a long time that are nearing their terminal date. Not to say that they can just get refreshed by someone new, right. exciting, yeah. you know? Like, I just need renewal. Yeah, like what's Tim Gravel going to do in 10 years? Mm. Like someone else might take the reins. I'm like, I'd buy Claudie. Can I afford it? No. No. 
But I mean, that's a cool. I love brands. Right? Yeah, that's Kaladi brand. would be dope. Right. I would. We'll all go in. On <laughs> yeah, we will. Ten years. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll we're, sue we're, you. We'll take that. Yeah, t- sue First me. off, the other two percent, the forty nine and forty nine. Yeah. Tim, listen. <laughs> Here's how we're gonna do this. Michelle. I empty out my pocket. I want to be the lucky number 45 for suing yeah. Andre. I'm, well, I mean, I'm going to write like, a number on this piece there's of paper. Been cool firms in Alaska that end up being ESOPs because they don't yeah. know what to do. Right. Like, they don't know how to, you know, like, what are we going to do? Let's see, be an ESOP. Like, please, no. Like, let someone come in who has a, a brain and is super excited about your brand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good. Yeah. Well, uh, man, I think uh, I think that's a great note to end it on. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank Pleasure. you so much this, for coming yeah, on. Yeah. This it was, was cool to see you guys again. Too. This was yeah. amazing. 2010. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's been I a while. I have joke. changed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. have you? Yeah. Uh, no, man. Really, this was amazing. Uh, yeah. Pleasantly, like I had uh, my eyes. I was kind of uh, quiet for some of the times because I was just like, "What?" Like what? you, you tell stories. Great. Like, oh, thanks. You're very, you know, personable person. Um, we just met basically for the know, right? first time. You're a stranger. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I was just like, I was so drawn to you. So thank you yeah. for coming in and uh, sharing your stories and, and sharing where, you know, you're, you're headed and where you are and what you've learned along the way, man. It was Thanks. very uh, inspiring. Thanks for having me on the least. show. It's like, I'm looking forward to where it goes. And you guys yeah. are doing great. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. I think it will be too. This, well, this might be our biggest podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. Everybody stay tuned for part two. Mm, yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's good. Thanks for tuning in. Kyle and Steven will be back with a new episode next week. In the meantime, check out GoFixYourselfPodcast.com. And remember to always go fix yourself.